Welcome to this week's episode of Tactical Crouch, episode 186. The show where we give Uber more wacky shirt ideas. The show where we discover why Yiska's creatine is jumping up and down. And the show where we talk about what went on in the Overwatch League in the past week. And what kind of wacky games have taken place. And what further interesting games may or may not take place. I mean, they will take place. So, guys, what's what's been going on in the past week? I'll start, actually. You know, I, I Contender started again. So actually, uh, we, we started with Contenders Korea Season 2, Week 1, Day 1 and Day 2, just in the past couple of days. So that's quite interesting. Oh, yeah. Always good to see the next little uh, generation of talent kind of spawn through. Good to, good to see, good to hear. I think uh, that's one interesting tidbit, by the way, from, from the interview I had with um, Funny Astro, is he was like, Okay, contender CU was not practice. It was just bad. But Korean solo Didn't queue. They lose? I mean, yeah, but they were trolling. Um, okay, they, they were Korean solo queue. Off rolling. And Korean, Korean contenders teams are crazy good practice, especially the ball players. He mentioned Kellen and ah, uh, I think something with Jay. Do you guys remember? Jumbin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he point, yeah, yeah. He po pointed out those two distinct ones to me as like just like Overwatch League level, mm -hmm. basically. I'll, I'll mention that on the next uh, next cast of Overwatch Contenders. Be like that Jay something guy is also not bad. He's rolling <laughs> in right now. Jay something going for the slam. Um, ironically, there is a guy. There is a guy called someone who plays with Team CC. So calling someone uh, another person something if you don't you don't want a something and a someone in the game at the same time. That would just be ridiculous. Could you make a whole team of some, something, somewhere, I, someone? I would, I would probably refuse to call them, call them by the names that they are listed on, and I'll just make up names <laughs> for them at that stage. Um, everyone's, everyone's always about like here's, here's a little bit. You know, let's let's peer into the brain of Avril's casting a little bit here, because everyone's like, uh, I know a lot of other casts be like, oh yeah, we should ask the players how they want to be called, and I'm always like, no, we shouldn't. I'm just going to decide. <laughs> Yeah. You think I'm not joking either? I'm seriously not, especially for Asian teams. Mm. I'm not. I'm just. I'm not going to ask them. I will just simply decide. Uh, write your name properly, spell your name properly, or face the wrath. Really, I will call you something stupid. Uh, like so, and if you there, if there are missing letters, that's on you, baby. That's on you. Um, no, because I don't know. At some at some level, you're going to get a player where, like, let's say. Let's say yes, because a play, and you ask, oh, how how would you like to pronounce it? He's like, oh yeah, could you just could you say it on broadcast like, oh yeah, Y I S K A? You just call me that every time. So, you know, I'm not I'm not gonna say Y I S K A. It's going for the grab every single cut. Yep. You know, it gets stupid. You don't you don't ask players what the hell they mm. want to be called. They'll tell you something stupid. It'll just be it'll be ridiculous. Like funny, Astro's got a long S. I'm not saying if if you N N Y A S T R O every single time. I want to talk about this guy. It's just not gonna happen. So, um, it's actually yeah. pronounced row. Exactly. Uh, so anyway, that's uh, it's it's a it's a little bit of a bit of a tangent, but uh, interesting to know. I mean, I I kind of felt like Contenders Korea. I think everyone knew secretly, except for the doubters, uh, that Contenders Korea was pretty top tier. I mean, we we yeah. had plenty of rumors even at the start of the year that I mean, some of these top Contenders Korea teams were easily on par with the best of uh, of Watch League teams in APAC. Yeah, and before any of the, the the NA3 heads come in and say, oh, APAC week, it's like, okay, the the top level APAC's still pretty strong, uh, mm. for one, and they're getting stronger. We're going to get a lot into that today, because they, 
some teams that are looking actually pretty good. But the point is, there's some good talent there, and they're worthy scrim partners, right? So I, I think for a long time in NA, it's pretty much just American Tornado as the number one scrim partner for everybody. So everyone's got to share American Tornado. They they are the town tornado. Everyone gets sucked up. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's, it's just, it's interesting to see, especially after, like, it feels like half a season we were saying, ah, oh, NA, so competitive, definitely better region, you know, Dallas won the May, uh, May League, yeah, Shanghai can get one, I mean, Shanghai never really dropped off, but the rest is bad, you know, and now it's, like, completely swung in the opposite direction, almost on all levels, once again, as does, yeah. as it does every year, as it, pretty much. As it I feel like the goalpost just got shifted. You know, all the people that still don't watch APAC would be like, oh, yeah, so, you know, before they're just like, oh, well, Shanghai's the only good team. Now it's like, well, now it's just Shanghai and Chengdu the only good team. And, and really, it doesn't matter how many good teams there are because at, at some stage, they'll shift the goalpost enough that mm. you'll literally name all eight of the of the APAC teams, including LA Valley. You'd be like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, the, the APAC only only has, these are the only good teams in APAC. Fusion, Excelsior, Dynasty, Unders, Charge, Spark, Dragons, Valley. Those are the only good teams in, in APAC. Everyone else is bad after that. So that's that's where the goalposts will shift it. Yeah, it's a more interesting region right now. I'll say that a lot of uh, a lot of dud teams in NA as it stands. So we'll get into that though. I'm not sure about if <laughs> a lot is true, but I guess we will get into that. See, no, but like Valiant is pretty bad. So I think even even then, we'll, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah. We'll, we'll say we'll say yeah. you'll list seven teams of like everyone in APAC is bad. Except for Fusion, Excelsior, Dynasty, Hunters, Charge, Spark, and Dragons, but everyone else is bad. Yeah, so I mean, uh, that's probably a little bit wacky. We agree that Valiant is the worst team in the Overwatch League, right? I think so. Yeah, I think so. yeah. yeah. Can't. That being that's... said, I'm not gonna lie. I don't think I've watched a single Vancouver game like fully this season. <laughs> I think I get a map deep and realize it's a waste of my time. Unfortunately, I'm I'm more required to watch the Valiant games mostly because I've casted fifty percent of the damn matches by now. Mm. So I don't really have a choice in that matter. I'm I'm forced to sit through them, uh, whether I like it or not. So uh, you thought I'm a you were a valiant expert. You thought you escaped tier two casting, and you instead get tier three casting. <laughs> like, <laughs> congratulations! I mean, yeah, have another I mean, valiant game. I'm... I'd still I'd still bet on valiant above tier three. I'm gonna be real with you. Okay, so I was still uh, easily put on put them on there. Um, they'd be okay. They they'd be okay at the bottom of tier, like mid to bottom of tier two. They'd be right. Yeah, yeah probably. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, cool. A good shout from Funny Astro. The team, his team, doing much better now. Glad to see that. Had some uh, real Doomer kind of vibes. Looking at Fusion for a while. Mm. Uh, I don't I don't want to get baited into talking about APAC too early because you usually start the show with some NA talk to satiate the fans. Before you get into the uh, the real juicy stuff, um, anything else interesting happening to you guys this week? Yes, you had some good interviews, Joe. I don't know if you had anything come up. No, not, nothing crazy. Just kind of join the games and yeah. yeah you had to much. scrap your article. You had the article written up about like, oh man, the downfall of fusion. You like, hang on a minute. Let me just backspace real quick on that one. I have to change. No, the title nothing. <laughs> nothing scrapped. Uh, definitely eating some crow regarding a certain team from the uh, DC area, but uh, we'll get into that. It's, it's back-to-back we'll, we'll... weeks, by the way, at this point, Errol. Like, 
the, <laughs> the the week before he wrote like how uh, Philadelphia Fusion or two weeks before how Philadelphia Fusion is it was going literally to a win. month ago, bro. Oh, yeah, okay, it must have been. Yeah, you're it was right. going into summer. Yeah, I yeah. Think. into summer he was like Philadelphia Fusion will win summer. <laughs> then they just <laughs> did we what? Just by the way, now that we kind of. And now he what? said Washington is going to win. <laughs> I didn't say Washington was going to win. I thought they were going to do well. I don't know if you've noticed this trend well. to backpedal, you know, with, with how bold we're peddling. getting because it's you're, just You're just backpedaling, but you, you, you're not, not at the speed that it's required to is, pedal. Agreed. The problem is, is like, and let's, let's get into the topic of like recapping some of our takes from last week, mm. because I feel like we all got burned just yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Did anyone get burned? Did you, did you get burned on something? Not too much. Know, Even you though burn? you tried really hard on Twitter to get the burn in, because Dal uh, Paris won against oh, Dallas. I got you on one. I got you on that one. Don't try <laughs> no, it. Now you're backpedaling. No, 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 no. My point was always that it is more likely for them to go 0-4 than for them to qualify for it by going 4-0 and... Zero and uh, also getting a point at Countdown Cup, therefore qualifying directly for playoffs. Yeah, but all I hear when you say that is you just hate Paris Eternal and all French people. So I think Gabriel all, wins. All I all I was going on was I know Jessica went for Dallas. I went for Paris. Yeah. And I decided I decided you know what this is where I'm gonna cash in. The, it was just so slightly. The, the, you made me look like an idiot in front of Paris, who I gen like. You guys know I'm a sucker for underdog stories where. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, like yeah. smaller uh, people do a lot with those resources. Mm -hmm. Like the Paris Eternal stroke the same uh, scratch that I had with um, the Valiant and uh, Packing mm -hmm. before, right? Yeah. Like th those are the teams I'm a fan of mostly because, like, once again, team probably the lowest or second lowest uh, resources in the Overwatch League currently punching up big time. And mm -hmm. it's not like I hate them. I'm just not so much in love with them that I think they can go 4-0 and go to Hawaii, where they would probably have to oh, pay on speeches speech <laughs> at 350 MS and also beat a team there. I said they, I said they could get 4-0. I didn't say I was like madly in love with this team. Okay. No, uh, but it, there's a strong, you know, because of the implications. I don't, know that, I don't know that there is a team that I am madly in love with in the entire league, actually. Really? Except for obviously, except for obviously these guys behind me right now. But uh, that's a different story. We'll get into in a second. Um, obviously, the, the team I'm madly in love with is Dallas. Everyone knows that. Uh, let's let's let's. Bef I want to dive into the first matchup. So we're going to start the show proper now. Here we go. Episode one eighty six <laughs> brought to you by Battlecrab, Refined Bean, Bronze Bob Buhal, Chare, Chris R three four 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 four, Hunter Tain, Cash sixty seven, Lolshin. Rick Zane, Wilmer D, Yiska's All Percentage Shower Gel, Your Misery, Fraudino, and also our Tier 3 members on YouTube, Fire Limit 6 and Quiznos. Week 1 of Countdown Cup has now concluded, and across the two regions, I knew we had some very different regions here, but APAC decided they were going to have some clean sweeps, two zeros mm. across the board, 0-2s across the board, and NA was like, no, we ain't doing that. We're gonna we're gonna go in the full circle here and everyone's gonna beat somebody and lose to somebody else, unless your name is obviously the Atlanta Rain, where you just go two zero, or you are the Washington Justice where okay, we kind of already teased a little bit. It's it's been a pretty rough ride so far, but we'll we'll start with the the headline 
game one of the headline games i would say it's it's one of the more sleeper headline games in the sense that i think a lot of people might not have realized this was going to be a headline game but it was something that we previewed last week as well where i was thinking well, i was actually saying not just thinking but thinking aloud that hey i think paris can probably win this game and if paris mm. beat dallas they can go 4-0 this stage which is why after paris beat dallas i was like holy crap i think they're gonna go 4-0 now because every other game was going to be easier than that and so they did beat dallas it was a pretty tough game and i'll even say despite the scoreline being a three and two actually watching this um i believe blizzard world probably it was nearly a paris win as well but they had a couple i'm trying to remember exactly where they had mistakes but there was two maps in here and one of them was blizzard world where paris yeah the other one would have to be anubis because they lost that so i think both blizzard world and anubis had several moments where paris actually had it locked down then they kind of choked which maybe sounds like a harsh word to use but they had a super winning position that they ended up giving away so there is a world where they could have won even harder nagas farah made a big difference uh here and, and by the way look this is where i'll admit i was definitely and maybe had a bit of a misread i thought maybe Farah wouldn't get that much game time but several teams are playing a lot more far than i thought that being said there are more than a few teams that have just not played far at all so i don't think we're into a far meta i just think it's a i've moved from this pick of a hero being maybe not like valuable at all to it has its uses it's pretty niche but it has it has definite times where you maybe want to go towards the fire i still don't think it's like it's, it's not anywhere close to a 100 percent pick we are in a fire meta you must play fire or you will mm -hmm. lose definitely not definitely quite far away from that but still being used a lot more than i thought and naga piloted that thing really well yeah i thought he was phenomenal i quite liked him on sombra as well i thought he had a, a standout game and was one of the big reasons why they they ended up kind of beating dallas um but to the the, the farah topic i think it was how paris kind of used farah um how quick they were playing right we kind of think of farah as this you know slow poke oriented hero kind of building up and and chipping away at these these big death ball compositions but the way that teams like the shanghai dragons like paris eternal are using farah um, as much as in, in the same way that maybe Jinmu on, on the Chengdu Hunters um, and that team in general tends to run this character, it's super fast. It's always kind of pushing forward, being super, super aggressive, uh, going for these directs. And Naga, not only was he winning like the air-to-air -air battles most of the time against Sparkle, but uh, consistently finding picks, consistently finding value, um, definitely had me raising an eyebrow to that Farah meta question like is this going to be a pick that we consistently see moving forward and the way that they were playing it yeah it was it was definitely uh selling me on on the the possibility of a uh a Farah meta moving forward i don't think that's the case I've, obviously with the uh the, the the blessing of hindsight but it definitely Wait. as the first match of the week it was it was definitely uh interesting to see when you say fire meta moving forward, are you suggesting that you think fire playtime will increase? Because it would have to increase and and by a fair amount right, to be a yeah. fire meta. Because when I when I say fire meta, uh -huh. my definition of fire meta is you must play fire. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's going to be a fire meta, but because this was the first game of the week for NA, it was like, oh, is this you know? It kind of really made the question less of like a meme and more of like an actual like, oh, like. If Paris is running this this successfully with this style, do we see more teams do this? Obviously, we didn't. Um, and I don't think we'll continue to see. I don't think we'll see an increase. I think it'll probably be about the same uh, yeah, average okay. play rate across the board. But just because it was that first game, it was like, oh, okay, like this is interesting. I didn't expect this. I thought it was going to be 
like we kind of mentioned last show, very much a rigid, you know, some teams are going to play ball. Most teams are going to play Winston. Shocker, no teams played Winston. Um, and, and maybe some, you know, cheese Arissa Tor picks. But yeah, Farah was not the, not the play I was expecting, let's say. Okay, so I, I, I peaked my ears when you mentioned your definition of a meta. Because you said, okay. like, if it's, a, and Avril said that, right? Like, if yeah. it's a Farah meta, then Farah would have to be played every single map. So, whose meta is it right now anyway? Diva? That's it, right? But Diva is never meta-defying. So, so. a brick meta. <laughs> no, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not saying 100% play rate. I think that's, yeah. don't, let's not mishear that either. I, I think it's, it is the defining hero of the meta. Let's say that. Mm -hmm. Would that be okay. accurate? It's the defining hero of the meta. So that's why we say ball meta, because ball is the defining hero. It's not like, yeah, and, and, I mean, it's, it's not quite 100% play rate. But it's the defining hero, if that makes sense. Um, is so it? I, I, what I'm saying is, I don't think so, I don't think Farah will be the defining hero of the meta. Is Wrecking Ball the defining hero? I would say so. Right now, I mean, it's still developing. It is still developing right now, and we're still seeing different things. So totally, of course, yeah, and and obviously that can change. But with what we've seen thus far from teams, the increase in Wrecking Ball play globally. The answer to Wrecking Ball being this Arissa comp that I think a lot of people just kind of overlooked, myself included, did not expect teams to be playing this. Um, and, and I think that's in response to Wrecking Ball. Um, yeah, I would say so. I, say, I, would, However, I would say that he's the most defining hero of, of the meta guys, right now. There was actually still a fair amount of Winston play in this particular matchup. Now, depending on which match yeah. you watched, you were either seeing... You are actually seeing very different things being brought up. Now, this could be the whole week one new meta kind of discussion, even though I would say that of any tournament and any hero rotation or lack thereof, this is this should be the most straightforward. We mm -hmm. are still seeing a lot of experimentation, particularly obviously in NA, because they're the ones they're the ones that are either trying to catch up to the ball meta or they're trying to counter it or redefine what it be. So uh, in this particular matchup, I don't believe we really saw any Arista at all. So these two teams in Dallas and Paris didn't run that. They ran, if you're in the case of Paris, like ball almost 100% of the time. Don played a small amount of Winston. Fearless actually traded Winston and, and ball time pretty mm -hmm. evenly. I would I would say, and this is just based on an eye test and based on my, you know, uh, poor memory. I would say Fearless probably played something like 65 ball, 35 Winston. Something that like that. Right. That's, yeah. that's what I felt. It might. That's probably not accurate, but that's what I felt. Um, so he actually played a lot more ball than I thought. Because I, in my, if you remember from last week, I said I think Dallas is the way to go. Could be that they just focus more on Winston than ball. Because fearless Winston will always be a carry position, and he yeah. still played a decent amount of it. But he definitely picked up way more ball than I expected. Did anyone else kind of think the same, or is, is Dallas playing this ball about what you thought? And also, what did you think of the ball from fearless? If I'm going to be completely honest, nobody in NA really kind of like shocked me with our ball performance. Um, if anything, it usually was just a face tank running in, catching a lot of resources, getting halted, getting flashed, trying to make as much space as possible and really not. Uh, it, none of it really impressed me, if I'm going to be completely honest. Uh, Fearless included, it felt like Dallas really found their feet. You didn't even like Don's? Like no, I mean, even even going into their second game, 
Um, I thought that his he didn't play as well as I, I think uh, maybe he would have liked. Uh, I thought that he was fine in this Dallas matchup in particular, but um, yeah, I think NA in general, um, and this is maybe even jumping too far ahead, but I think the Winston is the play for right now. If you're looking more broad picture, if you're looking at the bigger, um, you know, trying to catch up, like you mentioned, Avril. Um, yeah, NA teams, if they're looking at the bigger picture, they maybe want to focus on ball to try and catch up. But if you're still trying to play for a playoff seed uh, or maybe trying to increase your chances on uh, making a, a, a Hawaii run, yeah, I, I do believe that the Winston is the play, and I think Dallas will find a lot of benefit um, among other teams if they kind of go back to that Winston play. I agree that it's not the best pick, um, but it's what's best for you, right? It's what's yep. best for what your team can run. Um, so yeah, it's kind of where I sit with that for the most part. Just NA in general. Asia is a different story. I, I, I almost feel like ball is a big bait for... I would yeah. say almost the vast majority of teams. Mm -hmm. Because, okay, there's, there's different paths. And again, I don't want to go too much into the specifics of APEC, but like, if you look at who has success with ball and who doesn't, right? Like, for instance, Atlanta won soundly without playing it much. Um, yep. NYXL got their victory, by the way, against the A roster of Shanghai Dragons, not playing that much ball, but mostly Winston, in, as far as I remember. Yeah. Like, I remember talking to Kalios, and I don't want to misquote him, but basically, like, what I took away from this is, it's like, it's really hard to catch up. Like, this hero, not just from an individual perspective, but just also from a team perspective, understanding how to play around him, is very hard and it might be too late to catch up is my interpretation of that so no, that's what i thought that's what i've been saying for weeks but <laughs> yeah but the thing is like okay and i guess we we should probably talk more towards the a apec discussion about this but do you think you can win against without ball in playoffs Dude, it's too hard to tell it's because I haven't question. seen I haven't seen Chengdu yet, and I haven't seen yeah. I haven't seen a Shanghai that doesn't look like current Shanghai. Oh, I know that's a lie. I have. It's called Shanghai Summer Showdown. <laughs> um, but the problem is they're not. That's not what we're seeing right now. I don't want to get into an APEC discussion yet because we're still on top top right. of NA, and you know we don't want to do this thing where we're <laughs> we're getting we're getting quite off topic, guys. Because now we're we're skipping things. We're just gonna go straight to APEC here. Yeah. No. Um, I think for so, to to bring it back to NA a little bit. I, I've been saying for like two weeks now, mm. maybe even longer than that, that I think it's going to be too late for some teams to try and catch up. Like if you're starting now, it's too late. You're, you're going up against people that have potentially been playing ball the whole year, maybe longer than that. Um, where it's not just the individual mechanics of the player playing that hero, which is, I think a lot of players would agree is the most mechanically challenging main tank to play. Uh, but beyond that as well, like that's just individual performance. It's the team aspect, which in your interview with Kalios, you, you kind of highlighted, right? It's the team aspect that's quite difficult. Um, and actually, you actually notice the difference in power level and the shift in where resources go and how Dallas handle the composition with Felix is not on the Winston. Because usually when Felix is on the Winston, he's your raid boss, right? Mm -hmm. Then he's on, this, uh, yeah. he's on this ball now. Uh, I, I distinctly notice that Dallas now plays very much through Sparkle. Not necessarily on the far. He played a lot of far, but also on the tracer. Sparkle, I think, has been 
the gem of this team when Phyllis can't be your guy. When Phyllis couldn't be your carry, Sparkle suddenly became the carry you needed on this team. And don't get me wrong, this I think Harmon also played a really big role here. If I'm going to be real, Doha didn't really impress on the Sombra, but I actually found his soldier to be quite impactful. And the fact that Doha brings a tracer to the board as well, that's okay, not quite as good as Sparkle's tracer. Uh, never has been, to be fair. But um, is serviceable. So we've moved the, the narrative from, oh yeah, Sparkle's got the serviceable tracer and Doha doesn't have a tracer, to Sparkle's got a very good tracer and now Doha has the serviceable tracer. So we're just moving both of them up by one rank. Yeah. Um, but it's effective because now it gives Sparkle the room to breathe on his other picks, namely the fire, which Fuel are very much trying to, you know, force into this meta. I say force because I think they are the team, one of the teams next to Paris that have played the most fire, and yeah. most other teams actually haven't played that much fire, which is why, again, yeah. I say I don't think it's a fire meta. I think if you looked only at the Dallas versus Paris game, you might might be baited into thinking it's a, par it's a fire meta. But then you look at any other game, it's just like it's a distinct lack of fire in comparison. So Sparkle to me is now like the main the main character on the field as far as, you know, shift of protagonists go and as far as even stuff like potential MVP discussions go, like Sparkle's really showing up now. Um mm. and Dallas are, are still finding ways to win through someone else that's not fearless. Yeah. Yep. It's uh I think Hanbin deserves a lot of credit, uh, like you mentioned. I think yeah. he's been the anchor of this team as much as he kind of goes overlooked. Uh, he's everywhere and uh, nowhere feels a little aggressive, but hopefully that makes sense. Um, he, he's he's just, you don't think of him because he's not making a lot of flashy plays, but he really is just very much, um, I'll date myself when I say this this reference, but the who y'all of GC Busan, right? He's just this impenetrable fortress that protects the back line that's being aggressive when he needs to be um just just an all-around just all-star player that okay. you can always count on um very very overlooked and, and deserves some some credit uh, hey, if yeah. you if you know where that wukiel is currently let me know because i can't find him yeah no, he's jokes, but no. <laughs> very aside. much not uh what he's spawn what he not God, he's still okay he's all right he's he's doing reasonable Agreed. Uh, I have, you know, no credit, no discredit to him. A tiny but... bit wash, just a tiny bit wash, but still, uh, still a solid bet. Harmon's hmm. on a carry level, I, and that's yeah. that's why I brought up Harmon because I think Harmon's on a on a carry level performance now. So that's just me, yep. though. Agreed. Yeah. I think so. It's also like I remember uh, back in season one and also before Overwatch League, we had the kill share of whatever, like a line of uh, of teams, right? So we had. Some teams were like DPS carried, like Kongdu Panthera, oh, okay. and some yeah, yeah. teams were like a support and tank carried, like Lunatic High. Mm -hmm. This team is a tank carry um, heavily, right? Like if you if you just peek at the eliminations, at the amount, like I think both Fearless and Hanbin are ahead of Sparkle actually in uh, eliminations this season, for instance, um, and that in itself is not really that meaningful what is meaningful if you look at it in relation to other tank lines and where they are in the league where mm. it's very obvious that some other teams just have require like i think if you look at choice a1 it would be nuts right like the difference um so yeah i i don't know that and that's the problem i i don't think yes like you i agree sparkle has now become the protagonist of uh this dallas fuel story I just don't mm. think that that's good enough. I don't think you can, like, be the one. And I'm not sure if 
if if if it's wise to ca play catch up. Like you gotta be so convinced that there's no way to b uh, beat a ball team when they're playing their best. Um, it feels like okay, even if you're convinced about about that. Let's say this matchup is inherently sixty forty because you're probably mm. the best Winston team in the world. Um, and like whatever ball is thrown at you, like you're still playing close matches, right? I don't think you're getting a 60-40 if you're now trying to catch up on ball. You're probably having a lower probability. 60-40 versus who? Shanghai, for instance. What do you mean? Right. Right? Like, I don't think you get close in mirroring a team that's clearly better or clearly has a head start on you. And, yep. it, and it, I, not even that, I don't think you get close to 60-40. You're probably in, uh, more at 70-30. So... I mean, if you look at the showdown, it was it was like more like zero to hundred. Yeah. But, um, I think the thought process is that teams at least are approaching the start of Countdown Cup, saying, "Okay, we can give this month to Wrecking Ball, learning this, figuring it out, and then taking it to playoffs." That could be kind of where they're sitting. Yeah, but. However, I think it is better to invest in your own style, figuring out what works for Dallas and maybe finding a counter. I know that's a big ask, but so, that's probably where I'd look. Real quick, last thing on Dallas, because we're going to talk about other teams as well, but Pine is rumored to be coming in in maybe a couple weeks, something like that. Yeah. He might be coming in He might be coming in, in time for Hawaii, assuming Dallas can go to Hawaii um, again. So, But that opens up another can of worms where it's like, well, the current comps that Dallas are running are not pine friendly as far as just hero picks goes and that's not even that's not even considering the other major factor which is the fact that they haven't scrimmed with pine at all so i it's i it's probably unlikely pine gets included but i guess the greater point of why i'm even talking about pine is that we, you guys are bringing up okay well is it too late to catch up with the ball and pal uh, Dallas, uh, Dallas should just do their own thing uh part of doing their own thing would be to do what atlanta are doing and putting putting a lot of kai in there and playing a bit more hits, again, putting arms in there, which is what Shock are doing as well. So they're kind of quote unquote doing their own thing as well, right? Mm -hmm. Just doing something that's more anti-meta. Uh, Dallas could do that with Pine, but I don't think they have time to do that with Pine because it's not Pine time. No, it's because like there's just not enough time. The thing, yeah. the thing is, I'm not sure if I'm comfortable just putting Pine in the same bucket that he was once in, because like whenever you do that to players with talent, you probably like. For instance, you wouldn't have thought Sparkle would get the tracer level that he's at right now. You wouldn't have thought that Funny sure. Astra has yeah. a, uh, a break that's better than Toby. Like, if you just give people the opportunity to grind heroes, and once again, like, Pine was uh, signed a while ago. Like, depending on what um, Rush told him to grind into, maybe there's something outside the hero pool that we're used for, uh, to him from uh, in Season 1 where he can convince on possible mm. you check his stream gotta check his stream to see what he's been playing yeah for sure <laughs> i don't i don't even think you need pine i think he definitely adds a lot of benefit um but when it comes to playoffs without getting too far ahead i think there are definitely looks that dallas have shown in the past that i think can throw a curveball at a team that uh, is very comfortably sitting on and wants to play uh, what we're seeing right now going into playoffs. Um, even if, right you're now, saying, if you're saying ball's too late, then surely Pine has to be answer. Like a Pine-based composition has to be answer. If they, I think if it you, can be. I think that's, that's one of many possibilities, but I don't think he's necessary also. 
Well, then you can't. You're not running a McCree comp. Then you're not running any sort Agreed. of yeah, hard hit Ganesh based comp even for playoffs. Mm -hmm. So if you want to run any of that, you're gonna to have to include Pine, and that's assuming he's just gonna play his normal hero pool, uh, which I think would be a pretty straightforward and easy guess. I don't foresee him playing much of anything else. Like Pine's not totally, picking yeah. up Genji. Let's be real. And even he if he's dead, he's not playing it over Sparkle. <laughs> no, he's not. There's a bunch of stuff that Sparkle and yeah. Doha play that there's, there's no point that no, 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 there's no, no. no point for Pine to play any of it because Sparkle and Doha play all of it anyway. So, yep. Yeah, we'll see. Um, moving on though, uh, Paris was the other side of this, so we'll, we'll, we might as well include Paris and Boston into the same conversation because they played against each other. Mm. Um, we might bring that match into light as well. So. A lot of what I enjoyed about Paris versus Dallas Fuel, I feel like the one day break, the 24 hour difference between that and then Boston's game was Boston. And this was what I'm about to say is reflected in Punk's post match interview after he received play of the match is they looked at the Paris gameplay, realized how far intensive it was. And Punk stepped up and said, I'm going to shut this guy down. And he did. He just, yeah. he completely just, you know manned up and and went for this 1v1 or even 1v2 because there's a mercy there as well versus uh naga and straight up controlled them and i think the the paris game plan of you know hard pocket naga naga is your this, this is the main damage dealer he's the he's the win condition that got shut down pretty much by punk solo yep. um and then everyone else uh played the played the game they were meant to be playing and boston uh, you know, I think deservedly so, ended up having a play of the match given to Punk for his performance versus Naga. Yeah, that was kind of the overarching narrative that I took away from it, was Paris leaned much too heavily on Naga's Farah. Um, while it did work versus Dallas, it seemed after maybe map two, I think maybe it was King's Row, if memory serves, um, it was very obvious that Punk was not only marking Naga's Farah, but uh, doing an extremely good job at, at really shutting them down. Um, but they seemed to only double down onto it, um, which was a little confusing. Um, from Boston's angle, I was a little... I think I, I understand. Paris. Paris doubled oh. down on their, their leaning yeah, yeah. on Farah. They never really seemed to swap off of it. They didn't feel like they had other looks to show. Um, after it was like very much established that punk was just you know walling their their big hero out and and not really letting him kind of shoot the ball if that makes sense um they never really adapted to that they just kind of kept trying to force the far it didn't seem to to really land at all um however from boston's point of view which kind of had me perturbed and a little bit perplexed um was the support line they ran with the Arissa, which kind of bothered me um so they i think it was on rialto i have it up here specifically kind of early on their attack they're running uh arissa diva uh soldier yeah. sombra zen brig so it's just like this really slow composition very low healing and it's just kind of getting pelted they end up doing well on this map but it it really felt like it could have been a little bit easier with a bap um and it's not like minbong's baptiste is bad um yeah, it it. I think there's a little bit more refining that boss can boss can, can I, do. Good. I tell you what I think this is. Okay. Because you're not wrong. It is weird. It is weird because 
The only thing that's wrong with this composition is that Arissa exists. If it wasn't for the fact that Stan was playing Arissa and he was playing like a ball or even a Winston, sure. it would be a different conversation. You'd be like, oh yeah, this is just a normal meta comp. This is just a normal dive comp. Mm-hmm. It's got all your normal normal bits and pieces on there. Um, and it seems like to me it was more of a Boston defensive kind of strategy. And you'll notice that Stan one does change off it as well yeah. as the map progresses. It seems like more of like an A-point defense strategy specifically more than anything else. Um, I think they ran a little bit of on off, off offense as well. You have to remember yeah. as well, Rialto is a good, generally speaking, good map for Arissa uh, historically. Um, I think the, the bigger point for me was that they were running Valentine and Color Hex we got a, mm. a lot of playtime actually. Uh, yeah. Soldier was their main pick, and that's actually maybe something they took away. Um, I, well, I'm not going to say they they took it away from Dallas, but like Dallas showed it in the first matchup versus Paris when when mm. uh, Sparkle played a bit of that. Doha played a bit of that. Actually, I don't think Sparkle. Played, I think Doha played it. But anyway, the point is, uh, Soldier gameplay I think was the other defining factor of Boston. Uh, and if we want to talk about compositionally, I would say the the one key pick. Boston actually was the soldier because mm-hmm. the Arista is like okay, well Arista's kind of meta in in some ways because I expected Arista to see some gameplay, but the soldier was really where they were going, and I can see where if you want a hard like hard 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 counter Naga, discord him, have the soldier pelt the guy back, and then have Punk fly at him, then Naga is like double dead, mm-hmm. like extra useless. Yeah, soldier in general um, kind of caught me off guard. Um, I think it makes sense. I know a lot of people are like, oh, soldier, bad pick. Um, it, it does have merit, especially with a lot of the, the meta um, supports that are being run. It, it does very well into Farah, as we've seen. Um, but not only that, but it does output a lot of consistent damage, um, which can abuse a lot of uh, teams that are running like this Wrecking Ball, Zen, Brig uh, kind of trio. You saw that, I believe, in the Glad's Washington game uh, well, earlier no in the week. But yeah, no, no shields. shields. Soldiers, soldiers just doing real damage with every shot. It's crazy. Yeah. And you just have to try to get him to move around as much as possible. And that causes your wrecking ball to actually have to target somebody instead of just kind of like displacing anybody that he can kind of get his hands onto. Um, it also gives a little bit more to kind of manage. But yeah, it's it actually is a solid pick, um, especially with Ash out of the pool. Um, I think he kind of operates in the same also, area as Ash, but yeah. I'm I'm gonna say I, I think Khan's performance dipped. Khan versus Dallas was honestly owning. He got player of the match there, deservedly so. Mm. His Zen was going absolute sicko mode. Yeah. Um, and his Ana was again very good. Like everything Khan did on that matchup was excellent. But versus Boston, I think we lost a bit of that Khan supremacy. I, I, I think definitely it's gone for me. I think that's got to be it because, like, okay, I haven't watched the match, but just as statistically, right? You guys mm-hmm. talked about how uh, Punk got a uh, play of the match for shutting down Naga. Yeah. Naga deadlifted two maps. Yeah. That they lost, to be fair. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with... I think it's one of those things where, like, even though he was getting, like, very little value, I think that was, like, their way in. And he still got less value than he did versus Dallas. uh, You have to look at this contextually, because, like, okay, this is, I'm gonna, this is hyperbolic, bear with me, buckle up. 
because this is going to sound really stupid, but it's going to be true. Sure. Technically speaking, if you get, if your team has a total of four final blows and your fire has two of them, that's a deadlift. Yes. Yeah. But but then contextually, your team got no kills, did they? I'm not saying that's what happened. Again, hyperbo- I'm being hyperbolic about it. This is, I'm, just, I'm just giving a really stupid example for the sake of it. But my point sure. is, is like I, I expect Fires to be getting a lot of final blows in this, in this meta. Especially the way that team, Paris is playing. If your team composition is like, who, what, what are the damage dealers even? You're like running Tracer, Fire, or Sombra Fire, maybe Soldier, Soldier Fire. And yeah, okay, Tracer can definitely do some stuff. But Fire is the guy that's receiving most of the work. And you, by the way, you're not raising Zen. If you're running Fire, you're running Ana, because Ana is dumping uh, nanos into your Fire 100% mm. of the time. Um, and so your Trace is almost in a supporting role at that stage. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if most Fires got either close to a deadlift or got deadlifts in this, in this composition because it's just Fire's job. Fire is the raid boss in this composition. Yeah, getting a lot of resources. And to be like fair, said, like just to add a little bit of context, I don't think Naga got close against uh, Dallas. He mm-hmm. really won. Now there might be adverse effects, like when the Farah is maybe theoretically that could be something. When the Farah is more open and left open, then uh, she can ditch, ditch more damage out that then others finish. That could be a thing or whatever. I think generally speaking. I can tell you what it is. It, it also makes sense for me if you say, like, Khan wasn't, wasn't performing to the level that he was against Dallas. Yeah. Mm. It, Khan was a big difference. I, can t- on, I don't have the stats in front of me. On eye test, Khan versus Dallas got a lot of final blows. He was yeah. nailing first picks, five balls, every shot. He was getting frags. He was showing up on the kill feed big time. Mm-hmm. Uh, versus Boston, didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very much on trying to get Naga back into the game, dumping resources back into him with the Ana, not necessarily playing as much as Zen to find those picks, right? Um, kind of goes back to them just forcing this Naga pick over and over, trying to get him into this game with us far, and it just just wasn't there. Just wasn't there. Didn't yeah. adapt, and uh, that was the kind of big so, downside for me with Paris. Um, let's let's squeeze through from. We're gonna go down this list from Boston into the next team, uh, San Francisco also played, and they had a loss to Dallas, then they picked up the win versus Boston. So I, I hilariously had a bit of a journey myself where I'm like, oh yeah, 4-0 Paris, and then I swapped to, oh yeah, 4-0 Boston. And now I'm like, oh yeah, 4-0 San, uh, no, not actually San Francisco. Uh, I don't know where I am actually, actually look at the team behind me maybe for a bit of a clue. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like, I, I was starting to back Boston because I'm like, dude, Boston just beat Paris. Who beat Dallas? So mm. Boston's like the best team now. And also Boston's schedule is like mad easy. If they can get past San Francisco, Boston can get a 4-0. Like I could see, I could see how it works. Like I, I, I worked it out in my mind. Mm. Um, I gave them a big shout out. I said I would buy a customer Vast jersey, Boston Vast jersey, if they got the 4-0. Um, I'm still kind of keen on that jersey, even though they didn't. But like, you know, it's chill. I'll wait. It's, it's fine. Um, so San Francisco, uh, uh, one of the teams, as mentioned, that are really trying to play, they play some meta, but I think they've spent more time playing almost counter meta. What I mean by counter meta is they are they are trying not to do the typical Tracer, Sombra, Fire, uh, or Tracer, Sombra, Fire, yeah, those three DPS, any combination of, and Ball, etc. They're trying to do even stuff like Rhine, like they brought out mm. a Rhine, and I'm like, what? 
Um, they're bringing out a lot of hit scan because Arns is starting again, as you'd expect. And Arns is playing a lot of McCree. He played a bit of Watermaker on maps like Rialto. But McCree was, I think, Arns' main answer and the main thing. Um, that that tall Barissa composition I, I mentioned last week, by the way, did get a lot of playtime. Uh, and Shock were one of the teams that did bring that out. So Shock, to me, are this team that are really trying to... Yeah, like they're trying to do something that's not the ball stuff, right? That's what I'm getting out of this. They definitely are the team to kind of orbit, or one of the teams rather, to orbit around Yiska's more overarching question, you know, of if not wrecking ball, then what? Um, I think I'd look towards San Francisco. I think I'd look towards uh, teams like maybe even uh, the Gladiators or Paris in a lesser degree. Um, yeah, Atlanta, another a big team, definitely a, a big orbiter um that can show that that yes there is this dominant style in the wrecking ball that has been proven to be successful but that's not the only thing that can be run um and you can definitely kind of etch out your own style um mm -hmm. while i don't know exactly how far this ryan zarya you know look that they kind of peppered in didn't is run, going sorry. to go didn't run zarya i think knowledge. on route they had it it was brief and it could have been specifically for okay. a point um and it might not even been versus boston but i i, I think may, Choi, I like ran diva like 95 yeah, percent of the time. very much mostly diva uh but the ryan in general not uh not sure how far that's gonna go i think if they want to double down into I that read on that my read on the ryan is that mm -hmm. if you're a team and you're like oh okay we play orissa diva Tob mccree etc back break why don't we just swap the Arissa for a Ryan and the Ryan's just like a more mobile version of the Arissa that doesn't, except it doesn't shoot. Yeah. I think that's the mentality. The mentality isn't like, oh, the Ryan is here to brawl's big swinging hammer man because that's in brawl. And brawl, you're yeah. swinging hammers, you're trying to brawl. Here, you're just like a mobile Arissa. You're like, Arissa picks up her shield, drops her hand cannon, mm -hmm. and just becomes a shield bot. That's, I think that's what Ryan's job is if you swap the Arissa for Ryan. So I think that's Shock's kind of, that's their adaptation the only thing i'd push back on is the lack of halt i think that's probably the big reason why you're seeing so much orissa is how much value you can get out of that into a mccree flash or a break stun or even just displacing a far outside of cover um putting that on a wrecking ball is kind of rolling through your team immediately kind of puts a stop to him uh, halts him um and and really does a lot uh that just ryan doesn't give you um, I I'm yeah. not sold on the halt. I, I don't think there's any major combos with the halt. I mean, you say, you say like flashbang, but what, what is the range on that? Like nothing. Shield bash, even shorter range. I think what it's really there for, like, again, my read is that mm. it's, a, it's just a little bit more mobile because Arissa forces you to bunker up. Oh, agreed. Yeah, 100%. Ryan is... walk forward. And guess what? You can still make a right click. You can still do mm -hmm. tall right clicks. You can still actually do like a, like a, like a shitty version of a brawl. Not quite. Mm -hmm. You're not quite brawling, but you're a little bit more mobile. You, instead of it being a bunker, you're like a you're like a bunker on wheels now. Yeah, it's kind of what it looks like. So that's that's what I see out of it. And so I can see the potential. I don't. Know, I'm not sure I love it, but I see the potential. I think if you want to see the Rhine succeed, I think it's great into the bunker, right into Arissa comps. I think that's where like something Rhine based is going to thrive. But I think it needs a little bit more support out of like another DPS pick um, that is going to kind of allow Rhine to be a little bit more brawly. Um, 
I don't know if that's leaning more onto Hanzo to kind of win the shield war so that you really can take a lot of space, force the enemy team into playing the corner, kind of taking cover, waiting for their shield to recharge. Um, or, and I'm kind of spitballing here, but something shotgun oriented, maybe, uh, maybe adding in the Zarya permanently to really give the Rhine some space. Um, but yeah, I think Ryan into balls. No. Uh, you want to play? You want to play Zara? You are inviting yourself to getting owned by Afara, or okay. and or Sombra. <laughs> so I don't think that part. Um, but other than that, the other thing I've read from Shock is that because they're playing Arns, mm. they play Glister at all. I don't think they did. I think they played Arns on So because they don't have Glister, and Arns played a little bit of Tracer. Was anyone inspired by that? I'm not particularly sure. I think, I think they did I think play Glister. They played Glister for, I think, like a map. Yeah. Memory serves. I it was very, so. very little time, I'll say. Okay. But basically, in the positions where you would normally, for example, run a tracer with your with your uh, fire, because Nero went Farah. So mm. let's be clear as well about something. San Francisco can also play Farah comp, which is really important. Mm. But San Francisco's adaptation there, once again, is to just swap one thing out. And instead of Arns playing a Tracer, he's on, I, I believe he was on a Soldier at one point. He showed a little bit of a Widowmaker. So Shock is still just, they're still just doing something slightly different. Yeah, it's, it's, he's a superstar player that can force these picks. Um, what really stood out was the Rialto map, um, kind of just giving him all the space in the world on point A to really just kind of open up and find these picks, which he was successful with. Um, not to a immense degree. It's definitely kind of telegraphed uh, after the first push. It's like, okay, this is how they're playing. We can just jump on him. And you, you did see him kind of scramble a lot of points. It was just, you know, nine flankers versus one widow. There's not so much, you know, shot can really do to peel all those people off of him uh, to give him the space and time he needs to set up these shots. Um, but this, again, this is the, this is the kind of look that I think teams are going to want, not not the specific look, but the idea of what the San Francisco Shock are doing is is important here. Um, I just, tr I just trying to find ways around. I just saw Wigglesta came in. That was that map five that everyone complained about. So yeah, Yiska, he did he did play one map. Um, and by the way, now that I now to, this is by the way that that map where Jexa on Mercy got like four kills or something. Yeah, mm. and I remember one was saying everyone was like oh why would you bring glister in why would you bring some guy that's cold and not warmed up and under a lot of pressure just to play one map why why would you why wouldn't you just keep arms and why play glister right that's what that's what everyone said yeah. um and my response to that i remember at the time when when fans were saying that i was, my response to them was look ask arns why he didn't want to play map five because i guarantee you they probably would have wanted to play arns but my speculation is that, and we can get into the whole thing on social media as well, recently about Arns, because it might be relevant. But that aside, let's, you know, even not considering that for a second, I think your tracer player on this team is definitely Glister. And mm -hmm. I think even a team like San Francisco know it's like, okay, well, we can try and do the role swap and put Arns on a soldier instead of a tracer here, which would be less useful. Or maybe we just get Glister into play tracer on a map that tracer is really relevant. And so, I mean, that makes a total sense to me. And then also on top of that, Glister can bring on the mccree for their top composition yep. they, they want to run so all the people that are freaking out like why put a glister in like, actually it makes a hundred percent sense it makes a lot of sense why glister was in i think if arms was more comfortable in the tracer he would have stayed and glister wouldn't have come in i think it was predominantly for the tracer difference that glister was believed to be able to bring but obviously then san francisco uh, didn't quite get there yep i agree a lot of uh similar hero pools 
um, or a lot of similar heroes in their pool, not to get super confusing. Um, and yeah, I think Glister is very much more tracer leaning than hitscan, but can also still bring a very competent hitscan to the table, whereas Anz is very much mu uh, more hitscan dominant than he is tracer, uh, if any. So yeah, I think the, the pick was to pepper in a lot more tracer, play less of the, the bunker kind of toward McCree, like you said. Um, and yeah, I, it, it was a strategic decision. I don't think it was like some sort of, you know, last minute thing. Yeah. But, final, yeah. uh, final thoughts here, Yiska. Uh, Shocks still have Vancouver, Toronto, which probably should be a 2 0. That means Shock go 3 and 1, which means they're going to be in, they're going to be in the knockout. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this stage is so open because it's very obviously some, some stuff going on that has to do with fatigue and fatigue management of teams. Mm -hmm. Where, I mean, it's also like, does the shock want to go to a Y? Do they care? Like this can't, team obviously cares about the three piece. That's it, right? Of course, of course. But, but do they not want the third seed though? Can they get to the third seed without going to Hawaii? Yeah, Maybe. I think so. Yeah. 20 points down. They're on 10 points. Assuming they win two more, they're on 12 points. They need to... Ah, but here's the thing. Atlanta can be on 12 points as well. Yep. And then what about Houston? Houston, can they be on 12 points? Mm. They have Glads. Who knows? Could be a 50-50. And they have Mayhem, which they're probably expected to win. So I think uh, Houston probably get one more point minimum. Yeah. But um, depending on what happens at... Let's say Shock miss out of Hawaii and Houston... Rain go and Dallas miss out as well. I mean, that's that's really bad news for Shock. Shock basically need to stay ahead of one of Outlaws or Rain, yeah, or maybe a Glass that catches up, right? Yeah. I mean, I I think you can feel pretty good about either Outlaws or Gladiators not going to Hawaii at the moment. But yeah, I I don't uh, know if you want to start calculating that stuff out and whatnot. Um. Gladiators go 1-1. One, one. Basically, what I'm saying is, like, I, I don't know that Shock can just be like, no, we don't want to go to Hawaii, because I feel like they're not 100% safe. I feel mm. like they should feel reasonably safe, because they wanted the the next team behind Dallas, uh, but then also equal on 10 points with Houston Atlanta. Um, so they would they would need to make sure they're top three. Yeah. Yeah, any chance the Arns thing happening at the moment has impact? I mean, it probably will, but I don't. I don't I mean, know. I, I don't want to. Sure. I don't want to speculate because yeah. I don't know. I don't want to try and read into and read between the lines if there are no lines to read between. Mm -hmm. I know there's been some concern over Anz's uh, mental health so far, um, and I'm, you know, and he mentioned last year as well when he when he left, he was he was not happy. He was not in a good mental place. Yeah. So you just got Anz back, and now Anz might need a bit of time. I'm not saying he'll leave the team, but he might need a bit of time. That means Glister's got to step up. So who knows? Yep. I, I don't think that Glister should be a gigantic deficiency. Um, I guess my big concern is, does this kind of hamper any kind of like stylistic, big picture stylistic choice that they wanted to make? Maybe looking at playoffs where, you know, if they want to maybe drift towards something a little bit slower kind of adding that more into their arsenal than playing um you know whether it be wrecking ball or, or winston anything super mobile um kind of at least giving themselves another look to throw at a team with something a little slower and having ons 
be the centerpiece to that. I think that could be a little uh, worrying that you won't have that piece to kind of practice with. Um, but outside of that, I don't think it'll be too big of a concern. Definitely maybe dropping some maps if uh, he isn't there, but yeah, not games. Let, let's get into uh, moving right along here. Houston versus Rain, so we can knock both of these out of the park at the same time here. Mm. Um, beyond that as well, Houston also played... Who else, else they play? They played uh, Washington. Washington. So we'll probably yep. go into Washington next after this. And Atlanta also played Gladiators, so maybe there's a chance to talk about Glads in a second also. Actually, Glads and Washington played each other, so that's, that'll be a good uh, transition. So after this, we can go into that. Um, so, okay, so I'll start with Houston because I, I definitely watch them a little bit more. Uh, and mm -hmm. I, I got a few thoughts on Atlanta. But Houston, to me, I always felt like we're going to have a strong meta where they could rely on Dante. Dante was going to be the centerpiece for this team. Uh, I think Crimzo low-key was going to have some decent impact as well. Um, good relevant heroes for him. Um, Jangu apparently had a had a ball that was waiting in the ranks to be played, which is also always going to be a boon for a team. You know, we've talked plenty about like, oh, can you catch up on ball? Well, Jangu apparently was ahead of the curve in terms of already having a ball. So mm. that's always something that Houston could always rely on. Um, my more considerable worries were, I don't know if this is a great meta for Happy. Happy's predominant heroes have been Sombra, Soldier, and Hanzo, I believe, in this current meta. Mm. Um, then they've had Jake come in for Brig and also Bap. So I think Jumi's, Jumi's been completely benched, as far as I can tell, yeah. uh, in favor of Jake. So um, Houston, to me, looked great versus Washington. But I think that was more so getting baited by the fact that Washington didn't show up, right? So Houston... any. Every team looked good versus Houston. Well, every team being the two teams that played them, Houston and Gladiators. So really, under that context, it didn't tell you a lot about Houston. It told you they were better than Washington, but Washington are looking pretty weak right now. So I guess mm. it didn't tell you a lot, which means you go into the Atlanta matchup, and suddenly you see Atlanta playing. I don't think they they think Edison maybe on one map, and then they came in with um, Kai predominantly. Edison played they, first control, and then yeah, the rest so was Kai. Atlanta like. want to run some of the Arisa because this is and we we previewed last week that this was probably going to be the comp that Atlanta go to and um true to my word I did actually speak to Hunter and I was like what do you think of this comp and he's like yeah this is pretty good at it, you know it's map dependent but it is pretty good and you know here it is and they showed it up in bam 3-0 versus Houston yeah Houston's a little bizarre um listening to the I think my biggest criticism was looking at the support line um, and how much value Pelican was able to get. Um, hearing the rationale with the Zen Baptiste support line that they ran predominantly, not full time, but predominantly through this match, um, it does make sense. Brig, you know, doesn't have a ton of targets to really trigger Inspire off of. Um, so they're trying to min max that out. Um, I almost would rather something be there um i don't know if it's worth putting it's not like jake has a bad you know brig um that's definitely not the case um and i'm kind of glad to see him playing um if he is going to be this like very active player coach personality i think that's great for this team um are i we, almost good are we talking about why jake is running a bap in this ball comp? is that kind of what the um i not why, but what I'd rather see, maybe specifically, okay, okay. kind of talking about happy. Um, okay, 
I kind of would rather see some protection there. So maybe even putting him on McCree, not only to give him a little bit more comfort, um, not his most sig you know signature hero, but something that he's a little bit more comfortable on, giving the support line a little bit more protection against something like a Pelican, something like a Sparkle moving forward when we look at you know who else Atlanta is going to have to play with in this region. Um, it's not like there's a shortage of tracers that are going to harass this team. Obviously, that's not what Houston's going to run versus those teams. But I think Pelican got a lot of value here, and I, it, it felt like they didn't really adapt to that much at all. I'll, I'll give you my quick take on this one, and then we'll get Yisker in for his thoughts on either of these two teams. But um, looking at this comp, so the, I think the comp, let me just uh, confirm with you, Joe, the comp we're talking mm -hmm. about is Houston ran Tracer, uh, Hanzo, Ball, Diva, Zen, Bap. That's yep. what we're talking about. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so I see this as being a specific read or specific adaptation where Happy's playing the Hanzo to shield break Gator's Orissa. And BAP is being played by Jake, as you said, because you're not going to get a lot of Inspire procs because you'd be running the BAP in a mirror. If you're playing a ball right. mirror, the BAP makes more sense. Sorry, the Brig makes more sense because of long-range healing. Plus, both teams are diving, so you got to get a lot more Inspires, and you want to whip, uh, whip shot the, the other team's ball. Right. Because there's no ball being played by Rain, Jake's going to move out and move out off a Brig. Um, and because Houston... This is the difficult part because... Ideally, yeah, if, if Happy really wants to go Hanzo, I think Django probably needs to go Arissa. But the, the issue here is I think Outlaws didn't prep that. Uh, I think mm -hmm. they prepped to play Dive. And so Django's going to stay on the ball because that's what they're prepped to do. And Dante's going to stay on the Tracer. And then yeah. you have two other members, Happy and Jake, who change off one hero each to try and just have a slightly better matchup. That's all it is to me. Um, and it does feel like Houston maybe have to go back in the lab and figure out, you know, are we happy with this counter or do we need to mirror the Arissa or what? But um, I, I will say I do I do like the thought process. I just think, like you said, some tweaks need to be made. I think they're on the right track, though. Yes, good. Mm, I think so. For one, I think what gave Atlanta a big advantage is basically like they. I think in in the mind of other teams, they're playing a short benefit uh, strategy. Mm -hmm. By going yeah. by going with their Risa comps, the tried and true, I think they are also probably the furthest away from making ball comp work. So it makes sense for them. Um, yep. But that seems to be the reason why they can reap the benefits of teams sort of rebuilding in the last part of the season, where like a lot is decided, not everything. And once again, they're playing for play-ins. I think like for them, it's it's definitely like the better strategy, but you got to almost make plans as playoffs. So you got one more week where you're safe and sound and can figure something out against top strategies. Um, and once again, like they have, uh, I think it's Florida and Dallas that they're playing against. I don't even mind them playing Dallas. I think that's like, if they, if Dallas once again, tries to keep rebuilding and Florida, um, I mean, Florida is Florida. We don't really know what to expect, but should be beatable as well. Then that's a good strategy to avoid play-ins, right? Mm. So that in itself gives you um, the opportunity to um, then try to figure something out. But once again, like, I don't hate that strategy. It might not be... In the end, maybe we sit here and say... Yeah, that was the gamble that didn't pay off because they didn't have the high peak potential against a ball comp that is absolutely necessary to, to win, for instance, at the highest yes, level. Kurt, 
Uh, yes, go. I'm gonna reference the Hawk tweet here, right? And then I'll get, and then we'll, and maybe, maybe this supports your claim. Right. Hawk says, "GG's Outlaws 3-0. People call this delusional for not playing dive, but everyone else is delusional thinking they will beat APAC and dive mirror anyway. If you are not Dallas, lol. Um, my quick take on that is, I mean, <sighs> part of me agrees, but part of me is like." If you have that mindset, then I guess you'll never catch up. You better hope. You better hope you have the right counter. You better hope the counter is good yeah. enough, uh, yeah. because this this says to me, like I I fifty percent agree with this, and fifty percent I'm thinking like, well, this says to me you've kind of given up on a little bit. I don't know. Is it a yeah. cop out? Is it, I don't know if I want to call it a cop out. Uh, I would. Do you got that on that? I think this is exactly the mentality that you need if you want to beat APAC because I, I, I tend to agree. Maybe I'm, I'm biased in that way, um, but there is not enough time for NA to catch up. So you really need to commit to not playing it and getting as much time in the lab, experimenting, finding your own style, whatever you want to call it. You need to invest that time now so that when playoffs happen, you, you can answer this. In, in kind you can you can find ways around this you know how to play against a ball um without mirroring it and i think what atlanta doing yeah i think it's 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 the commitment that i like here from from hawk uh it, it sounds very strong like you said they've completely given up on on dive and ball and i think that's exactly what you need by the way they did play ball on on sure. control yes just so we're clear they, they haven't completely cool. given up on it by even, they, even they are smart enough to realize that running a risk on their map is probably doomed. Yeah. Uh, but Jessica, does this does this reinforce your point? Yeah, I mean, it, it just frames the the issue, right? It's a it's a matter of beliefs. Do you believe you can catch up, and that's the only way you can beat whatever Shanghai or Chengdu are throwing at you, or whoever else in APEC might show up with a ball? Um, mm -hmm. Or do you believe that you're idiosyncratic like makeup of your team has something inherent in them that you can play heroes that are out of the ordinary and can beat that strategy and i think and i guess we will discuss this later but i think there's some some precedent now that ball is beatable with something that isn't ball okay. even at a high level so we'll see how it plays out i think at this point in time like, both strategies appear absolutely fine to execute. I, I don't have a favorite. Okay. Um, even uh, though I will say, for Dallas specifically, I am not sure if the committal, committing to ball is the play and will serve them well. I will just, because we we're going to move to uh, the final couple of NA teams here real quick, but uh, mm. I, will end, I will end here with saying that again i'm i'm kind of 50 50 here i agree with it but i also have some concerns uh the devil's advocate in me wants to say and this is this has been repeated elsewhere by you know other people other personalities and also just pundits in general but to say it's it's almost like if going by this uh this sort of edict here and this sort of philosophy you are basically like hard gambling hard going all in that you will find an appropriate counter because if, if there is no counter or if you can't find an appropriate counter, you it's going to be an auto-lose, isn't it? Um, mm -hmm. So you, you've given up on trying to catch up and trying to play the meta, which is the correct thing to play. This is like this is like Chengdu saying, nah, we're just not going to play the GOATs. 
then we're going to play fire and stuff and everyone else is playing goats right this is kind of like that moment again yeah um but and it didn't i have a yes. question what do you mean by counter when you say counter what what do you mean, mean do you mean okay theoretically speaking okay, yeah, this I'll, strategy I, I will, should be beat the the ball comp or theoretically there's a right go ahead let me rephrase because i when i say counter there's a couple of philosophies one is a that i do believe mccree torb orissa and the rest is a, a ball counter because it is specifically trying to survive against a dive it says if you dive into us we will flash stun right click halt etc everything and we will melt the ball that's what it says so in a, in a sense, I am saying a direct counter, but in another sense, I should rephrase it to an alternative game plan, alternative strategy that plays towards the comfort picks of your team. Because it's not it's not always Torb that uh, mm -hmm. Torb um, McCree. It's you can you can throw the Hanzo in there. Typically, the Hanzo is only there for the mirror. Um, you can throw other looks in there as well. So it's possible to run other things. But yeah, I guess so. To answer your question, it kind of is a counter, but it's also just an alternative composition an alternative way to buy into the table if i'm going to keep going this, this poker analogy right this is how you buy into the table and you're going to go all in on this arista stuff i only bring it up because i know from a devil's advocate point of view other people do believe that if you're not playing the ball you've given up on winning i i, I don't hold that belief necessarily but i know that 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 is a belief that exists um we'll see how it goes uh, atlanta will be paying close attention because it looks like they can probably go at minimum three one uh, mm -hmm. They do have that Dallas game, so that this theory will be tested. They are saying, Hawk is saying that Dallas might be the only team that can actually mirror. Um, I don't know why he specifically said Dallas, maybe because Dallas has just had the best reputation in NA. Maybe he knows something we don't. But that that his you know, Atlanta versus Dallas will once again be tested in their, in their final regular season game. Both teams actually will be ending their final regular season games, their number 16 game, on each other. But um, last couple of teams here before we move over to APAC. Okay um can glads I, versus washington yes really quickly something about houston like now thinking about it like it's almost mm -hmm. it's it's really i think the impact of the sigma ban is further reaching than even mm. um just count on cup and it's to the point where i think houston probably wants to play play-ins and get a couple of oh, yeah, reps yeah. in because oh okay I if, see what you're saying. if these guys like i think uh, houston is always the best when they're playing around uh piggy's sigma in in the vast majority of cases that's when they had their big um victories as far as i remember um mm -hmm. their perfect stage i think was also then was it perfect yeah i mean perfect four zero um four zero yeah i and to just go cold into direct qualification without uh, skipping play-ins by being uh, top three might not give them the accurate like checks on their compositions that that they might want. And it's That's honestly funny. a pretty big uh, disadvantage when you're idiosyncratic, like when when your color, your team color, yeah. is outright banned in the last stage of the season. I think that's a huge disadvantage. God. Can I say I don't buy that because you'd rather just scrim? You'd rather be in the top three, go straight to Texas, and just scrim. Like, why Why do you need to play play-ins and, and show your cards and reveal yourself uh, when other teams can do that for you? 
and you can still be screaming. It's not like you're not playing. It's not like you're literally going on, going on vacation while teams are in the play-ins, are you? I think, so. I think we're vastly underestimating. I will, say, I will take, in 90% of the cases, I will take real-world wor reps over hiding strategies. Yeah. And I, don't think, been, well, I think across Overwatch, League, Overwatch history, it's almost exclusively the case that that's the better option. Hence why, like, more games, yeah. like, the 4 or Curse was even a thing. In esports history, that's a thing where, like, um, very often, like, lower bracket runs, even where you have um, bracket resets, happen an astronomical amount more so than uh, they should statistically. There's just something about getting extra reps in high pressure situations, and that cannot be simulated I mean, in scrims. A double elimination is not about getting more reps, it's about having the experience of losing to the team that you then. In theory, me to get in the grand finals for the second round, and you having played them before and having lost to them, and obviously losing will give you more lessons to be learned than winning. I see that more as being the predominant thing rather than the reps. I don't buy into the reps because I think you're underestimating the value of scrims and overestimating the value of playing officials. In fact, I I would I would probably I wager that most teams would rather play more scrims and less matches for the most part. Because you reveal a lot in matches, you give your opponents data but in matches. Far nobody more. plays uh, real w matches in scrims. Um, everyone's trolling sure. their shit out. Like if if a r first rollout goes wrong, like everyone's Reset. mentally checked out of the map. Yep. Like if They'll they could, they mean? would ask the the opponent to reset the map. But now you got to play it out because the mm -hmm. opponent wants that good feeling. And hang on. Like, what's your goal here? What, you, what, what is the goal of playing here? Like, I maybe we, maybe we have very different. I, I can just tell you what it looks like on... in practice. Like, it's not about goals; it's about how it is in in scrims. Like, nobody's <laughs> like mm -hmm. playing scientific scrims where they are putting everything like on the on the scale and going like, oh yeah, like playing this out, like our life dependent on it, would make it the best. No, these guys are just like getting their hours in. Oh shit. To my eyes in, in the fucking scrim uh, okay, and then they no play, one, play the map map down, no especially team, against bad teams. They literally no troll and will like switch roles and shit like that. Yeah, don't scrim bad teams. No team will ever choose to go through plans rather than just get an auto. Scene. No, of course, that is a huge risk. No, no, that yes. is a ridiculous yes. risk. Yeah, and still, I don't think it's an active choice. But I think if if you're put in that situation, I don't know if you're all that mad. In hindsight, army of the old. Oh, I mean, no shit. Of course, you're not mad because you'd rather. If you can't get into the the thing that's the number one, you'll take the number two. So obviously, you're not sure. gonna be mad. Sure. <laughs> I mean, that's an obvious thing to say. Shock. But it's just like shock never wins season two if they don't get checked by Atlanta. I mean, I think that's an important loss to give them a lesson for sure. I think that's a wake up call they needed. So, um, but but then like. I mean, dude, and actually, the... the other way around, if Titans get checked earlier, they win the Grand Finals. I mean, I don't know. I need to check happened. this right now. I need to check this right now. I will say right now that I would agree with you if we were playing the actual playoffs in the, in the double elimination. The problem with play-ins is it is so, so sure. on the edge that just losing means you don't make it to the playoffs. Sure. Mm -hmm. You, you, you. There is no like, oh, we're gonna get checked and we'll come back in the lower bracket. Of the play, no, there is no lower bracket in the plans. Mm -hmm. yeah. It is single elim, one life, yeah, sudden yeah. death. Of course, 
it is so risky you don't want to be here you do not want to be in play-ins okay. is what it is yeah so there's there is no we lose to atlanta we come and no no you don't you, your season's over so yeah 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 I, I don't i see your point i'm just i just think i think you should never yeah. choose this as a strategy as a team yeah i think it's just very often in hindsight you just arrive at a point where like oh that actually helped us but you can of course not just take that risk that's just if you, wanted, if you want to say to me that Houston in the, in the actual playoffs of the season, top eight, if they go through the lower bracket, they, will, they may be earning more there. They may learn lessons there that will help them win the season. On board with you. I buy that ticket to your train ride. Mm. Um, but the whole plans thing, I'm not too sure I'm on board with that. Yeah, um, I, I, that's a big, pretty big risk. That's fair enough, yeah. Sign me up. I'm all on board. Anyway, that said, I don't uh, think they can really necessarily avoid that, just given how, how the matches look like and... Like, I'm pretty sure they will have to go through plans, so. Yep. Um, the Gladiators game will be the swing for that, mm -hmm. which brings us to Gladiators. Because if they beat Gladiators, what's their scoreline here? Assuming they beat, we are assuming they beat Mayhem. Um, their scoreline will be 3-1, which gets them into the knockouts, which, and then who knows? From the knockouts, they could be into Hawaii. And, if, and even beyond that, if they don't even go to Hawaii, that's three points, and they would suddenly be at how many total let me have a look they would suddenly be at 13 points which is very competitive and as long as you're one above either shock or rain you're you're in you're in the top three so um they need to beat gladiators very important game gladiators versus washington obviously um this is kind of what we're talking about here gladiators is a team that i think we previewed i definitely previewed in the past where i, I think they have the best flexibility and the best capability to go hard APAC mode, straight into dive, lots of ball. Muse has been hard playing this ball. I'm, you know, looking through their games. It's just like all Muse ball. Mm. Um, Kevster on Tracer, brilliant stuff. It's exactly what you want. Mur is a projectile player anyway. He's got the fire if you need it. Space on Diva, check. Got that one done. Choose in, check. Skewed Brig, check. It feels like all the boxes for Gladiators should be ticked. Yeah, they can definitely pilot it. Um... I think the Atlanta game is definitely going to give most teams trouble, so I don't hold that too far against them. And obviously, they've only played Washington, so I still don't feel like I have a good read uh, on Gladiators in general. Um, and it's not like... Who do they play next? Yeah, it's Mayhem and then Houston, so it really does feel like Houston really is going to be like that next litmus test. Um, and as it stands, yeah, I kind of see Gladiators beating them. They kind of handed them. Can I add something for you here, Joe? Um, sure. If we go back to the Rain versus Gladiators, because that was the, excuse me, that was the game that uh, I think really put things into contention. Because mm -hmm. the issue here is, is on paper, you would expect Gladiators to have the better read of the meta. And this yeah. is where, by the way, when, when Hawk and Atlanta say, oh, you know, better for us to play the quote-unquote counter, I'll just call it a counter. Um, I believe it. I start to believe it more and more if they beat teams that are meant to be good at dive, like Gladiators. Yep. So, and there's even a situation where, like, for example, if you take a look at controls, uh, Control versus Map, Lee Jung Tower, you have a Gladiators that are almost are actually forced into playing Arisa Mirrors because... You have an Arista that got around a control center and Gladiators mirrored it back. And then Gladiators, um, they tried to play, they played the ball comp on the other two 
uh, and ended up going two and one, and they lost Gardens. So it's like, I don't know. It's it's weird. I I, I would have assumed that a control map should have hundred percent been theirs. But then you go to the map five, and it's the same story almost. It's Oasis, mm. and once again you have Gator on ball, and so it's the wacky thing for me here is Atlanta wins in a ball mirror versus Gladiators. Huh? What? Yeah, that's not not great. Um, I'm kind of scanning through this. Um to see how it's, much far is being played through gladiators it's mirror fire and it's pelican fire yeah. i think pelican and i think i believe this is pelican's play of the match no yeah. it was actually hawks oh. um but pelican did receive a play of the match for his second second game i think pelican mm -hmm. actually showed as as if he needed to convince anyone at this stage right. but he showed a lot more looks because he's not just the x or y guy he's not just you know before it was like oh pelicans he's just a may guy oh pelican he's just an echo guy at every single new stage, he's he's just a X or Y, Z a new guy. But at this stage, you, you start tallying up his hero pool. It's like, oh, he's been the guy on every hero and every meta so far. So, I mean, um, yeah, once again, Pelican's showing up. Yeah, um, Pelican definitely showing up. I think this match in particular felt like Kai was my uh, MVP is a little strong, but... Um, the most He's value, the I match. suppose. Um, not definitely not the player, um, but like in the most strict definition of what an MVP is. Um, if I had to really diagnose this game in particular, I felt like Kai, without getting too messy with it, um, I think Far in general has a lot to do with like the amount of space that the Gladiators composition wants to create. And having somebody like Kai on the field on a hit skin hero really does a lot to add to denying them that kind of space um i think that's why control looks the way that it does i think that's why their dive look was as uh, stymied as it was specifically on oasis is because mirror really can't get it get in a word edgewise because you have both hawk and kai just like pelting him at all times and maybe even iris um in certain circumstances like he really didn't seem to land all that well and they didn't adapt much it's difficult to adapt on control i i give teams that 100 but you have to kind of identify that at some point maybe even after the first map and and make a change i would have uh, loved to have seen stats yeah. on this map or just not this map of the series in general sure, yeah. I, I think i think you could be right i think kai could have been the x factor here um yeah there's a real chance that i don't uh, even know if it's not not to completely like detract or discredit the, your point but I don't know if stats are necessarily going to show like the amount of like threat that mirror faces or that he feels like he faces. So he can't actually play farther in. Does that make sense? Like, I think it might be a little bit more it's intangible. More so, it's more so telling me what Kai's impact is. Sure. Sure. It's in a spreadsheet kind of way, but it, it gives me a very direct, like, okay, mm -hmm. here is Kai's impact. Um, and obviously for me to get the stats I want, I'd have to have watched this <laughs> game live or I could have, a, you know, like, yes, I could have a friend like Baroy who just, apparently has the he's got the algorithm um so as a monster uh, any any uh what's on glads here as a team so far yiska and we can get into some washing discussion in, in a hot minute as well i'm getting a little concerned for gladiators peak value if that makes sense like have we seen a performance from them this season 
that makes you confident that they have something like the sixth gear to unlock that could They're actually so propel close. them to either um, deep run or an Overwatch League victory? They have a 3 2 versus San Francisco. Does that count? I don't know if that counts. Summer Showdown. Um, like 3 1 Atlanta in June Joust, which was that, by the way, was the, the uh, stage that Atlanta went to Hawaii. If it, well, they went twice throw now, haven't they? Mm. Uh, I think those have been the best wins so far for the Glads. Is that enough to beat and Shanghai and Chengdu? Like we saw them in Summer Showdown? Right now, no. Right? Like you, you can't. I mean, I won't speak for Avril, but from my point of view, I don't think they're there yet. I think I see the potential in this team. I see the potential in the things that they're running. Um, they seem to have a very creative look a lot of the times when it comes to like their macro. Um, peppering in, I, I love what they did with Symmetra last meta. I love what they're doing with Farah now, but it kind of has to adapt is a very general term, but... Um, I think the consistency has to be there. It seems like they kind of fall apart a little bit when it comes to high pressure situations. I look at that Atlanta game uh, to qualify for Hawaii. I look at the Doomfist. I look at the position they were in. It, kind of not a must win, but like you're you're in such a position to to kind of like secure a victory, and then you have somebody like Addison bring out a Doomfist, and then you just kind of like fall apart to it. It just left me with a, a sour taste in my mouth a little bit. Not to say that Addison's bad at Doomfist by any stretch of the imagination, but the position that glads are in some sort of swap like that really shouldn't be uh, uh breaking you i think the the glads copium is that atlanta showed up on some of their best looks in mm. that particular matchup uh and it, it's maybe not so much of a case of like oh man glads aren't good enough and more so like damn actually rain is just a, a, a dynamite oh, course, team yeah. like holy crap rain's a really damn damn good team and I was stupid to even doubt the fact that they could play this meta. And I I had a feeling. I remember I started switching gears in my mind last week when we started talking about Arisa comps. I'm like, damn, hang on a second. Maybe this could be it. Yeah. And then lo and behold, it is. And you have fights versus Gladiators where Mira can, on this fire can literally get you the first pick. You go on 6v5. Mm -hmm. And then he kills Master for a 6v4. And then Rain still turn around because Kai, Pelican, Iris, etc. are just too good to, you know, they'll they'll get those trades. So I maybe I maybe the copium is hey rain are just a better team, but Glads are not a bad team. I think Glads miss out on playoffs, but I think they could be a solid play-ins pick. Does that does anyone agree with that or is that is that wild? Oh yeah, I, I would agree. I think they're definitely one of the stronger teams coming into play-ins and depending on the bracket, like they definitely can make a run. Um I I won't decide either way, but I definitely think or if if I'm understanding what you're saying, I definitely agree in the sentiment that like playoffs feels like a uh, a difficulty whereas play-ins you should see them thrive they definitely can, right. can do very well there um anything past that at this point feels rough i think my issue with this team is is like and it's as old as time maybe that's just like the pace idea of how to play big series but they really often get cute with it don't they like yeah and who, sorry who gets cute glads glads okay like, that's almost like their team identity, right? That they mm -hmm. always have, like, they to never... The cute team. They, they just they don't, like, team. play the full... Stand, like, they, they're always, like, within 90% playing, like, the best team in the world on the, the dominant comp, I guess. And then they just go, well, we're not taking our chances of rolling our 30%. We're always going to try something, like, different. And mm. it really, really works out. And in my mind, like the, the X factor that they have located in their team 
is Mirror. Now, yes. the thing is, Mirror is actually, like, playing pretty well most of the time. Like, yeah. it's, it, it works to a decent degree. It just doesn't work enough, you know? Like, and maybe, maybe in playoffs we will hit that lottery chance of that actually working out very well and just everyone mm. at the same time unlocking and opening the life gates. It just is concerning to me that we haven't legitimately seen that yet. And not, even though those victories, not to the degree where they could uh, threaten a pro um, like a, uh, an unlocked and un uh, playing without hesitation Shanghai Dragons, right? Which is the bar yes. at the moment. So This feels like the opposite to the Houston argument, where like, this is the team I would not want to see go through play-ins because of like their uh, their attribute to be tricksy, right? They have all these little tricks they want to show you. They have things that they kind of want to hide. If there was a team to ever kind of hide what they're really going to do on game day, it feels like the Gladiators because they're known for like the Sim TP stuff that they did last time. They're known for the Great Bamboozle, even though well, I won't get into it. Um, like they they they, they do these ago. things, yeah. Um, they're they're very known to be tricksy, so I think that. If they were to be, if they could find their way to playoffs, I think that's where they would thrive. Uh, to Yiska's point, um, yeah. I feel like they also they're like the anti, anti Atlanta rain, where there's a lot of instinctual stuff going on in the rain, and and a lot has led to the players' uh, own mm -hmm. better judgment. I think we see that a lot in Dallas as well, where like if Sparkle feels like Doomfist gets something done, he's switching, and nobody's asking. Sure what the hell that was right for glads it almost always feels like they have a structured plan and it needs to be rationally reasoned why we're doing that and it's never about being on or whatever it is that day right yeah we're trying to f recreate great bamboozles as we're running around like sure. and i wonder if they just like because they have one of like Every season, they have, like, one of the most mechanically gifted teams in the league, right? I hmm. wonder what it would look like if they just let loose and let the instincts of those players take over more. Can I... Uh, I don't know if that's... Maybe the instincts of the players is, is kind of costing them as well. Like, I'm, I'm looking across this team, and here's a fun stat for you. They have played five series this year, this season, that have gone the full distance to a map five. They have won one of those out of five that was the that was probably the best one of the season versus san francisco shock right yeah um and then they've lost all the other there was one versus paris we got one versus washington two versus atlanta back to back as well actually um so this team to me kind of chokes map fives a little bit uh yeah. and they choked they've choked versus like versus everybody like washington i think i think that washington matchup dude like Glads could have been that team. Glads could have won that. I, I even thoroughly, specifically remember, um, was it the Atlanta game that actually got them, that actually decided who was going to go to yes. Hawaii? Yeah. Oh, dude, that map five was so close. Glads could have easily have gone to Hawaii off that map mm -hmm. five. They choked. Yeah. And now this map five that they just played versus Atlanta on Oasis, they choked again. Yeah. Because as I'm, they are a literal. I can pull up an example for you. I can give you the timestamp. They start with a six v four advantage multiple times, and they choke that fight multiple times. Yeah. 
they just can't win with like a 6v4 advantage. They just can't do it. Um, I don't know what it is. It's this team, this, they get in their own hands. I feel like that, that, at that stage, it's all player instinct. I mean, you're so deep in a series, you're, you're primal at that stage. You know, you're, it's primordial. You're just, it's all you. It's all the individual mechanics trying to, is supposed to be coming out. Um, mm. Yeah, but I it's don't know, like mirror team... being swapped in, right? Isn't it? Huh? Isn't it mirror being swapped in at that point in the series very often? Uh, you play Farah, play Farah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yes, you play Farah, yeah, correct. But um, it's not. I don't think Mur. If any, Mur is the guy it's, giving them the six v four. Yeah, so let's start with that's, that. That's he's right. the guy enabling yeah, yeah. the six v fours, and then everyone falls apart after that. Yeah. Um, so it's not to me. It's not Mur. If anything, Mur is the guy pulling. Yeah, yeah no, he's, put the, he's got he's got the team no, no. In the backpack. I'm not I'm not uh, criticizing Mirror as a person, right. but the act of trying to find the X factor in map fives. You know? I think that's oh, kind of this is this is this is but this is a, just the strategy. The strategy is yeah. we run fire on control maps yeah, and yeah. Mirror is our fire player. Sure. I don't think that's being true. This is why I'm not I'm not hundred percent on the on the train sure. of this being like some tricksy team. Sure. To me, this is not a tricksy thing. This is just like a thing. Any team would do this. Any if you had a sure, fire, if you had a projectile fire specialist, he'd come in for map five. Mm -hmm. Like if this was Chengdu and they played, depending on the God map. forbid, they played God forbid, leave Jimmy the whole time. Jimmy would be your map one and five guy, in mm -hmm. theory. Yeah, like that. That's uh, but I wouldn't call Chengdu Trixie. You know what I'm saying like, um, sure. That's that's basically where I stand. Um, let's get into Washington before we dive too deep because we mm. apparently we still have APEC to talk about. Um. <laughs> Washington, I don't think this will be a long discussion. I think this is just going to be... It can a, be, if you want it to be. Uh, it can be, but I think it'll be beating a dead horse. Uh, so, and, well, I mean, you might enjoy beating dead horses, but I think... I, does anyone disagree with the fact that Washington have just been a disappointment at this stage? And you could argue maybe a disappointment for the entire year, but they at least had a 4-0 start in May Melee. Now, they've got an 0-2 start, of which they've won zero maps, of which both the series they played, honestly, this week pretty abysmal no other way to put it yeah bona fide scrub team not good very lost frustrating to watch um i if you haven't listened to plat chat uh shout out to them love what they do uh i think reinforce has a, a great uh copy pasta paragraph that is is floating around that uh summarizes the the feeling um, I think it was Custa on broadcast who mentioned after, I believe, the Houston game. I could be wrong. Uh, YouTube comments, correct me. Um, that mentioned that, that Mag was the, Mag held the least deaths on his team. While you don't want anybody to die a lot, obviously deaths are a bad thing. Um, if there was anybody to die... I think you want your tank player to be the one to get in there, create some sort of space. If it has to be with your face, so be it. And, and allow your team some sort of resource uh, being, you know, that, that, that map control or, or some sort of map gain um, to be able to work within. Can I contextualize that? Sure. Because I think you could, we, we definitely can't talk about that in a vacuum. I think it's the, let's just say for one thing, having low deaths on tank is in a vacuum very valuable. Uh, that is assuming you're winning. Now, if you Correct. are winning, if you are winning and you have very low death, you're like a god. But if you're mm -hmm. losing, you very low death, and suddenly that that says something else. That could say that Washington aren't taking enough fights, Mag isn't getting in there enough, um, because you have 
the the what we consider the top tables, Fate and Gaga, with actually quite a lot of deaths. I think Fate mm-hmm. has close to twice. No, Gaga has tw- close to oh, twice wow. the amount of deaths yeah. as as uh, as Mag, and and many consider Gaga to be the number one ball. So mm-hmm. that's the context. Yeah, it's. It, I think by and large, to kind of branch into a little bit more of that context. It seems like Washington wants to play this very reactive, like answering the dive, having Mag kind of roll into the ball as it's slamming into them, which felt like an. It was frustrating specifically versus Gladiators because you had you literally had the most free Soldier 76 game I think I've ever seen in competitive Overwatch history where literally no tank was like harassing him. Uh, it felt like Fury had Probably to do. Murdering. Yes, like Fury had to do everything. He couldn't specifically mark the soldier because then the supports were getting dove on by the enemy diva. Um, it, it, it felt like a 5v6 perpetually because Mag is just woefully. Uh, enabled to play wrecking ball without sounding too mean um very awkward looking on it doesn't seem to be syncing up with decay at all i like the look with adding assassin onto farah that gave them a little bit more ground to work with at least like spreading out the attention um but there again like decay has nothing to work with and i think that only kind of like increases the morale like uh valley that this team is probably in um they they have to be able to engage. They they cannot be this reactive with wrecking ball if they want to continue to play something a little slower. Just double down and play Arissa, but that might even be too late at this point. I'm at this point. I'm kind of just ready Bro, to see them lock in on a Winston put, and just run. If you've put Mag on the Arissa, you've I mean yeah, I that, don't like it either. Out, you've tapped out. You've thrown in the the towel at that stage. I think, uh, <laughs> and that's a sad thing, right? Because yeah. Washington should be good on dive, and the the problem is you you know how I just described Glads as being kind of frustrating because they're the type of team that can get mm-hmm. like huge player advantages and then kind of choke. Like Justice is that, but then versus the team I just described, so Justice is that to the Gladiators, what Gladiators is to the uh, Atlanta Rain, because Decay can just have a monstrous style. He Decay, I think there's a clear uh, time in the in the series versus Glads where Decay gets like a three yeah. K, and then Washington lose anyway. It's like okay, yeah. that happened. What um, else do you want this kid to do? And so right now, it's not. I think the narrative for Washington for some por- a portion of this year has been, oh, decay washed or decay not carrying or decay, mm-hmm. and maybe that's it's, it's set unrealistic expectations because decay in the past year, especially on the Zarya, well, not really. It wasn't a Zarya meta, but he made it into one, didn't he? Um, he was such a carry, the whole to carry meme that that is now the expectation for him every single game. Um, and yeah, he hasn't shown up. Could be his fault. Could be someone else's fault. Could be something entirely out of everyone's control. But uh, I think no one can d- debate that Decay had a pretty decent game individually. But Washington, as a team, and like his, as a reactive team, sadly, they never had tempo. And in a ball mirror, guess what? The team that sets the pace, gets the earlier dives, and gets to dictate the fights, they come out ahead. Yep. And that's never Washington. And I think that a lot of people, rightly in some areas, wrongly in others, look at the Summer Showdown qualifiers against Dallas and how compositionally it looks the same. However, if you look at the styles that Washington was playing into, um, specifically what Dallas is running into them, to kind of make it a little bit more clear, uh, 
the the overall strategy for Washington obviously completely different. For whatever reason, they came into this trying to be a lot more reactive, trying to allow Assassin to like, or, or trying to force Assassin, it felt like, to run in and specifically hack targets and playing very slow, very methodically, and they never really got a chance to have a go, if that makes sense. Um, they were always the first one to be engaged on putting people out of position. Um, I, I agree with a lot of what the desk said. They have to be the ones to go, like you said, Avril. Uh, they, have, they just have to go. They just have to find I, ways to throw, throw caution to the wind and just kind of int. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a, a chance for the fans to check this off the bingo card, but I'm about to say, can I contextualize that again? Um, before I get uh, just get Yiska's take straight after this on Washington, is that I actually think Assassin is a problem on this team. Well, I don't know if it's him. Okay. The Sombra is. You want to know why this team is slow and they're always waiting? It's because they're playing Sombra, except the style they play Sombra is like the whole. It's, this is like a. I don't want to be mean, so I'm not going to. I, I was going to compare it to like some like ranked experience where you like have a like ranked Sombra and everyone's just waiting, which is even that's not even true because actually in ranked, everyone just goes and does their own thing. So. Uh, we'll forget about that. That's not a that's not a fair or accurate analogy. Uh, what it is, though, in reality, is th it's just as like they kind of wait for Assassin to do something. Yep. They're waiting for him to go and find a hack target, get a good position, and meanwhile, like their team is sitting on their hands. They're not active. You watch what Shanghai does at the same time. Um, first of all, Lip is playing way more for farm. Lip doesn't spend that much time in Invis, to no. be fair. He's actually just he's playing for a lot of farm. He's playing it like a scuffed tracer sometimes, uh, which is partially why he gets fast EMPs because he's shooting all the time. Um, but Shanghai are just, they're very active with their Sombra gameplay, whereas Justice, they just look like they're waiting for Assassin. And then on top of that, you have the Assassin performance where he just runs off a map and just goes into the river. Um, so that happened. And I, you know, I hate to single that out because I'm sure yeah. it was just an honest mistake. Happens to everybody. But if you do it in the Overwatch League, it's going to get called out, sadly. Um, and even though, like, you know, it's not like he's jumping off the map every map, but even just one time, it's like bad enough. Yeah. So sadly, it was, uh, definitely like the worst series ever for Assassin, which is yeah. shocking because previously this Assassin Decay duo was looking really prime. Mm -hmm. Yeah, specifically, I was, I was genuinely coming around to him um, on the Somber pick specifically from their match against Alice. I thought he played phenomenally. Uh, but that seemed to be in a state where Mag was a lot more active. Uh, I don't know if they're changing up their calling structure and having Assassin call more, which seems bizarre um, to change. Oh, I, it's, Closer it's, did calls. Closer it, was like all tracking apparently for the team. Agreed, yeah. I, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It, it, wanna... it's, it, I'm reaching for trying to find explanations like, wanna, I can uh, see things that are not happening, but I don't know why that's the case. Here's, here's another free bingo square for the fans to check off. And this bingo square is Yiska finally speaks after Joe and Avril go back and forth 20 minutes. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yiska, please. <laughs> I think, you know, it's one big, pretty big thing with this team is that they're really slow to meta starts, right? Like, that has been a pattern, and you can be slow to meta starts, as yeah. Dallas uh, demonstrated, if you're Usain Bolt. Usain Bolt was never the first guy out of the blocks, was never the, the top contender on the first 20 meters. But if mm -hmm. this guy gets up and he's sprinting, he's winning the race, right? If, if you're only on par with him, right? Agreed. Dallas during May, May Melee felt like that, where... They were slow to start. If you remember, they were 2-2 yeah, getting in. 2 -2. And Barely then they yeah. figured it out for themselves. 
and then eventually found uh found success with them, right? Yeah. Dude, justice has no end game either. Like you can be slow at the start to a meta. You probably should pick up like one victory in the first week still, and that depends on your schedule and sometimes you're like not there. But they also don't have end speed. They have not unlocked whatever it takes to get to Hawaii at least, you know? So, but that was my problem before this week. Now it's, it seems like a, a bigger issue, even, even more so. Because I, I'm not convinced that they can bring it back from that point. Like, that looked so bad that it... And to be fair, it has looked very bad in the, in the past. I remember you saying, like, during a time, Paris. they looked like the worst team. Specifically like versus Paris, when Mag tried to run the Wrecking Ball, it was entirely too slow, way too too steppy. I'll, I can define that later if somebody actually gives a fuck. Um, yeah, it was bad. It was really, really bad. And then they swapped to the Winston later on that stage, and it looked much better. I expect that to be the case. It's far too late. Yeah. And... Towards the assassin point, I, I almost don't want to single out too much because yes, you can play like Lip and Mini Tracer it if you have multiple threats on your team that also create the space and the breathing room for you to do that. Mm -hmm. Mac is not doing that for for assassin either, right? And then he probably would also would <laughs> perform with the with the same um, force that Lip can regularly, right? Yes, and it also, it seems like a mental thing, almost, like, and I, I, I mean, I, interpreting body language is, like, super scrubbish. I'm not getting into it, but, like, maybe just look at his player profile. Like, most of the time, he, he, he looks like, he do, sorry, um, assassin. Like, he's really oh, okay. confused as to what's going on. Um, I don't know, like, I, and I don't see, like, what else they can do. They feel like... So they're running a strategy that they don't necessarily want to run with ball. So they're not playing necessarily mm -hmm. to their strength. Nope. They're playing tuba, a player nope. that shouldn't necessarily play support. They're running assassin on, on a thing where he doesn't necessarily want to play. Mm -hmm. Like, well, what? I don't know this, is like, this is like end stage uh, trying to f figure something out when your basic yeah. should be enough. Right? Like, why are you thinking? What is broken in you that you can't go back to that? Why can you not play closer? Whatever, if, if he can't play, like, if, uh, if he's not on Lucio, right? Is this break this atrocious? I don't think so, right? Why? I know. This is, that's a, I don't know. It's just, it's so wild. It seems what? so strange, this tuba closer thing. Why, why are we not playing back on, on Winston? The majority it's not like it doesn't time. work. We have a team. Look at Avril. Yeah. We have a team that specifically yeah. can run Winston and exactly. has found success. Yeah. Now, obviously, do I, do? I don't know that... Not you. Not you. You're, you're good. You're good. <laughs> um, obviously, Washington can't know that, right? But now that we have, like, a better, you know, laid out set of cards on what is viable, what, what are people running, what's finding success, we have a team that is specifically running Winston majority of the time and still finding success. So... Where has the, the buck dropped? I, I, it is bizarre to me. And I, again, I expect Washington to come out next week, uh, or this week, rather, right. uh, with a Winston comp and look much better. Will they win? I don't know. But let's, I guarantee you they're playing Winston. Let's finish up with yeah. something. We, we probably still expect Washington to beat Toronto and Vancouver, right? Yeah, I, I, yeah, has yeah. enough faith I don't lost? know. 
that they don't even beat these teams. Uh, nah. For me right now, no. So they they oh they okay Vancouver yes I think they they beat Vancouver but Toronto I'm willing to Not give come. Toronto that yes good Toronto Washington I mean it's, it's kind of it's kind of bad because surely we, like we it's almost like we. Uh, <laughs> We we scheduled all the worst teams to not play in the first week uh, this yeah. time. Um, I'm not sure what Define will look like. I think that there's a... But Define know what Washington looked like. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, sure. like week two, week three, Washington I never really had a problem with. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I assume they're just That's going 2-0. Yeah. This is for me, and obviously because we're at the end of the season, pretty much, this is the final straw in a literal sense. But also to me, the buck stops at the place where even if you are a team that has a poor read on a meta, you should still outskill teams below you. Yeah. yeah. So even if you have teams like, I don't know, Dallas, Atlanta, like it, even Gladiators, honestly, for fuck's sake, like you, even if they have, they come in poor week one, they are going to be teams below them that they should be just should. off skill alone because yeah. their team is mechanically like they got mechanical guards on their team but the equal should be true of what if you looked at washington on paper again and you didn't know a single result from this year you'd say yeah they got mechanical guards on this team they should still yeah. diff every team below them but then you look at some of their week ones for example uh the the classic own three week one starts that they've had uh where is it i, I will find it uh what do we have here washington o3 versus paris and then o3 versus boston that Summer show, June Joust rather, not summer show, June Joust, um, first week start. That, I think, was the first time my belief in Washington was truly shaken. I think everyone's belief in Washington was truly shaken after that because obviously they went 4-0 in May Melee, right? Yep. At that point, I'm like, hang on a second, this can't be right because even if you have a bad read of the meta, you should still diff these teams that you are better than. And this is before Paris, by the way. People were not on board on the Paris Hopium train oh, no, until Paris beat Washington. That yeah. game turned Paris' season around actually so that game put washington's season in the bin and gave the season's hope to paris that that specific three and zero result so even though it was a five map three zero okay so uh we will be watching washington very close to see where they go from here and now we have roughly about 40 minutes to go over apac um the we'll go we'll go in order of most important topics the least important and apologies we may end up missing out on a couple teams here but let's start primarily with shanghai and wtf what the fuck's going on with shanghai i will start by saying for anyone that truly believes shanghai were trying versus philadelphia i yeah. don't want to discount the win because i feel i feel like philly deserve a win i feel like philly have been mm -hmm. a good team that have been improving but shanghai they fucked around in that game yeah. they played with two subs they played some void roadhog i'm sorry that's not even adaptation that is not meta. that's not even close to meta that is that is some real moon marijuana shit going on um they were they did not give a fuck and they or if they did they just they played with their monitors off it was atrocious i can tell when a team is trying and when a team isn't trying which is why when shanghai then lost in new york that to me was like oh shit shanghai were trying and they lost yeah because new york just played yeah. better so uh jessica do you do you maybe want to start because you spoke to funny astro like did what what did he think about that game um i think yeah they understood that they weren't playing against um like the fullest uh shanghai dragons i will say it's three zero is still pretty impressive um i think sure. yes like playing against a sandbagging opponent you are expected to win 
they they just stomped it, right? Like I I don't know. Like I think it's I feel like at at half match points, so like at one after one point five maps, so to speak, like you could slowly see that Shanghai was like, oh yeah, okay, let's try because that's also what Shanghai has been doing, like for the vast majority, like since season two. Like if you're two zero against Shanghai, this match is yeah. not over. You are now yeah. getting into sixth gear, and to close it out, then <laughs> you woke up in dragon. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. that. That is really impressive. Now, the more impressive series, hundred percent, was the New New York uh, series and them winning that one, right? And then, like, there was there was no cheesing. There was no like substituting. They were playing. Now. They were playing their hardest. Now you can argue, and we know this, that they have been scrimming to the same vol volume that they had before. And if you're trolling, like maybe they even scrimmed some of those compositions that they threw into Philadelphia that takes away practice time from whatever you're doing. Whatever it is they're doing, I really hope it pays off because if, if they're threatening their advantage that they have on that particular composition, that's really sad for playoffs. Right, like you, you theoretically just want them to squeeze the most out of that and not mm -hmm. lose the advantage that they have uh, on the okay. opposition. Now, mm -hmm. that also gives me it makes me a little skeptical. That's that's like the the grain of salt I have is yes, we have demonstrated like NYXL didn't play hundred percent ball uh, ball or Winston. I think they had correct feels like seventy thirty something. Yeah. Um, with something more, like with more Winston. What, what do you think? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Definitely, definitely more Winston um, than Law, but I don't. I couldn't tell you. Yes, score. because they wanted to play Cali Zarya a lot. Yep. So this is one of the two teams. It was actually funny enough. It was the Zaryas that really screwed Shanghai because Hotba had a phenomenal Zarya and Cali mm. came through with a really strong Zarya as well. Um, but, but, I don't want to move to New York quickly just because I want to finish talking about Shanghai because you brought up the whole you know, scrim, whatever. So, you know, I, I'll speak to that really quickly. So, you know, Steve, I'll take Avril saying contextualizing for 100 points here. Um, there was a statement released on Shanghai Dragons Weibo that was, so that's their social media, um, the Chinese social media. And the, these are fan translations, so bear with me. There could be inaccuracies. That, that's this disclaimer I'll give out. I have personally not translated them. I couldn't anyway. Um, and Google Translate would probably be, would also give some inaccuracy. So we're working with what we got here. But um, we have, I'll just, I'll just give the, the sort of cliff notes here. So there is uh, a high level of stress on the team accumulated from the season that has been higher than expected. Um, and Moon feels, uh, well, maybe I'll just extend it to the coaching staff in general. The coaching staff feel that Shanghai Dragons and their team, uh, it's necessary for them to ease up their pace and adjust the pacing to reduce training to give their time to their players more time to regain physical strength, adjust the mentality. Um, that's that's generally the, the game plan. So what is basically happening is what you can read into that is they are reducing scrim time overall for the team, and they are also giving more time to develop and who are you in scrims as well. So another statement said, develop has been doing well in scrims. Please continue to expect and give this rookie a lot of encouragement. Um, who are you has also exceeded expectations during training. So they're, they're definitely giving, they're definitely moving lip and flitter away from scrims a little bit to give them more rest and to give um, some of their other players. A bit more. I wouldn't even be surprised if Molly has been getting a decent amount of scrim time 
I wouldn't be surprised. So yep. that's he the did. it's that's the justification for where Shanghai Dragons are at. Thoughts? Mm. Yeah, I, I coming out of this week. Um, even after the Philly game, after reviewing that, I was like, this looks like a team that took a break. Like they're kind of all over the place. The coordination's not there. I mean, the Roadhog, as much as I may like it, um, looked bizarre. Um, I, you know, I'll shill for for a, a Roadhog pick every once in a while. Um, but when you look at that New York game in particular, you look at how well Fleta played. Uh, you could definitely tell they were trying to turn it back on, um, and it felt like Lip in particular was just kind of absent. Um, I, I really couldn't tell you why. Uh, it, just a feeling of like him constantly swapping didn't really set well with me. Um, didn't seem to really find a comfortable position next to the Sfara. That that was incredible. I think probably one of the most dominant Farah performances we've seen in a long time since like maybe Ding on Panthera back in the day. Um, but yeah, it's... I think if anything, this is going to be good for them in the long run. Obviously, they kind of have to like regain that, you know, uh, state that they were in, which I think is very achievable for this team. Um, even not even if they miss Hawaii, I don't think it's necessarily like a bad thing for them in the long run. And I don't think playing your substitutes when you're already in a position to to kind of lock in playoffs. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, first seed guaranteed. Yeah, if you're guaranteed first seed, I think it's totally fair to kind of give your starters, you know, a break come into playoffs incredibly prepared mm. hit the you know hit the ground running as fast as you can to kind of regain that composure regain that status and then you know attack which, uh, like you did it's which by the way is why i still have faith in the shanghai dragons to make a strong comeback for playoffs look i i don't know if i'm ready to write them off for countdown cup but at this point they don't need to play it and i've said for some time they can literally just go to texas now if they want and um yep. you know what what better way to show that than to do this so there you go actually i've I've bamboozled you i've got shanghai dragons behind me um so come on I, yeah i still got faith i still got faith can I they even get yes, in uh, by themselves that's uh, what i mean they're they best two and two with a two and six map score that's tough yeah oh dude i i figured out i figured out the timeline that will lead to the maximum <laughs> boomage oh my get ready for this okay. if you're a philadelphia fan you're gonna hate this uh -huh. this is gonna be a repeat of may melee philadelphia fusion will get first seed in apac shanghai oh, will get fourth no. they play each other and shanghai knock philly out again Oof. that's the timeline bruh can oh, do it. it's, it's shit it's possible <laughs> you can squeak in with like a good two and two but it's got to be a great two two. oh no oh no they i can already charge. see it i can already see it dude they oh, play charge no. and soul that soul game i don't think is decided either way it is it Dang. is to me because <laughs> there's no let me tell you one thing okay shanghai shanghai would sooner throw a game to valiant than throw a game to soul i put fucking money on that believe it fair they would sooner throw the game to Valiant than Soul, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, they will. They it's will gonna go, be tight. They will go ball, a singular ball, because just fate to the wall sure. versus Soul to make sure Soul don't win. That is how much Shanghai will want to beat Soul. Yeah, does a will it has historically has a plus two. Like if they just go six zero in maps, they go two and two with a plus two. I would sooner believe. I would sooner believe. 
that Shanghai will lose to is it charge they're playing? Yeah, they will they lose can, to charge they can get in. and then beat Seoul. That 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 timeline I will sooner believe. <laughs> I mean do you, yeah. do you think I'm joking? I really no, am not. I, I I believe you hundred percent. The only thing I'm I'm kind of grinning at as I as I listen to you is looking at like some of the historical like fourth seed in APAC. Like you look at uh June Joust and you see New York get in with a two and two and a plus one map differential, right? Like there is a world where Shanghai just comes out gangbusters, six zero, no maps dropped. They go two and two. They have a plus two map record. They sneak in as fourth. They play Philly. They beat him. Yeah, it's it's possible. I think I'm not gonna do math on broadcast, but hey, what if it's not versus Philly? It will be versus Seoul. Shanghai sure. might knock one of them out again. So somebody's gonna have tears on that end. Uh, and I can or tell you NYC. this: there's a chance. There's a chance. We're getting there. Hang on. Don't hang on. I'll- <laughs> There is still time for me to swap my my background back to NYXL. Um, Shanghai Dragons could make fourth seed or whatever, mm-hmm. and then versus Philly. Hey, maybe Philly are the better team, and Shanghai still don't give a fuck, and they don't want to go to Hawaii. Whatever, chill, and they lose to Philly. But if that's Seoul in first seed, Shanghai is going to Hawaii. <laughs> Seoul are not going to Hawaii if if it's Shanghai versus Seoul in the playoffs and the in the uh, knockouts. I'm here for it. That's that's some crazy again. That's that's very much Shanghai's MO where they kind of, you know, take it easy feels a little uh, aggressive. But the first couple maps, maybe they play some odd picks, maybe they throw in a sub or two. And then, you know, right when you think the, the series is over, right when you think the reverse sweep is incapable, Shanghai wakes up and, and they, you know, take over. It's okay. it's very, very much their style. New York. Right. It's time now. I guess in let me connect it a little bit to Shanghai. Mm-hmm. It felt like Sh- Jonak was looking across the server and just going, "Oh, you think sandbagging works? First time, eh?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm concerned if this has oh, legs. God. Like. I don't know if there's a precedent of a team taking stage four or the last quarter of the regular season easy and then going far in the playoffs and making okay far is making good on that right Atlanta in season two you don't give that any kind of credence didn't didn't Brad come out and literally say like hey we're practicing for playoffs like we're taking the stage a little easy sure sure yeah obviously didn't make it far I guess that's the thing that you could yeah. debate on but. I think there is a historical precedent to like have teams that are already locked, like come out and say, look, like maybe not even transparently say that, but you know, maybe do it behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I don't know. Like the, this maintenance act aspect, I'm a little bit concerned um, if this will work yeah. and if we will get uh, prime Shanghai back, I'm not too convinced of that because like so far, as far as we are aware in the, in the sandbagging meta, it's like you're running a half marathon and then you sit down for a coffee, your yeah. muscles get cold and you get up and go, ah, I'm going to run the last half of the marathon now. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're cramping up. You're like, you're, your calves just uh, turned into like concrete. You're not running, right? Like, what? Uh-huh. come on. You need. You understand. What? What, what do we need? You, you need more time. To once again ramp up to a top t- tier position, I th- like. Yeah, you start scrimming your normal scrim schedule again. Just up your scrim time. I'm not sure if that's um, enough. Like, dude, 
seriously, but if you, enough, yeah. famously, famously in FPS games, if you have the best aimers in the world, and they take as little as like nine days off, they come back, their shit is hard reset for three months. Bro, Flitter and Lip are not taking a holiday. They're just sitting out of scrims a little bit. They're still playing the game. Yeah, I so, don't know if you can. I don't know if you can look at that New York game. Fucking kicking their feet up in the Maldives. Yeah. What I'm also saying here is like, look at traditional sports. It is very common in traditional sports, NFL, NBA, etc., yeah. where you start benching your starting lineup in the lead up to playoffs because you okay. That's because they don't want to injure their players. But you know, is it sandbagging? Technically, I guess they're not playing their best. But this is a pretty common thing in traditional sports. Hmm. I don't know. Seems, I, seems normal. My seems, one uh, thing for Yiska is like, would you rather them do it more throughout the year? Yeah, kind of course. Just hundred percent. Doing like adding more substitutes in. Okay. I don't. I don't know that shock is necessarily doing that to Did. load manage. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all the shock fans read this moon comment. They're like, oh yeah, us too, us too. Crusty, <laughs> Crusty, <laughs> oh, yeah, I like that. Crusty's writing that up right now as we speak. Yeah, one hundred percent, definitely. Yeah, that's that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Strike is he's, he's coming back. Yeah, he's yeah. coming back. No, yeah, no <laughs> yeah I, I don't think that I'm concerned at all with Shanghai. I look at that New York performance specifically from Fleta, and it was it, immensely impressed. Um, if if they're taking it easy and he can still bring that out. Yeah, very, very impressed. I think I think Arnold from Genji had a dope line, and maybe I'm misremembering who said it, but he said something like, more and more I realize that esports is just keeping your shit together until someone hands you a trophy. Yep. <laughs> right? Yeah, I can like, see that. I can see that. Oh, yeah. And I would, I mean, I think we all agree that we would much rather have the Shanghai Dragons in this in the uh, stage three, like perf um, performance level. Now, that would inspire more confidence towards season playoffs, and sure. having them had dip in in uh, summer showdown than the other way around, yep. right? So, but if this is their way to keep their shit together, maybe you you can argue that maybe it's maintenance, maybe it works, uh, maybe we sh shouldn't. Uh, I think didn't they do that last year as well? Something no like idea. that. Uh, I have like the only other team that I can idea. think of. The only other team that I can think of that felt like they took it easy. I don't know if they came out and said it publicly at all, but I definitely felt like shot came into season two, playoffs specifically. Maybe light on the on the practice had to kind of turn it up once they got you know upset, even though they were supposed to win. Um, but yeah, I, I think this, you know, if Countdown Cup doesn't look uh, as glorious as maybe what we assumed it was going to look like for Shanghai, I, I definitely think they make a very shock-esque run back in playoffs. Yeah. And and they all have the double bra the, uh, double Elon bracket yeah. there as well. Um, uh, the only concern for me is can they climatize to... Texas, not literally. Oh, I don't know. Maybe it's too. Maybe it's going to be too hot or whatever. But like, you're you're in a foreign country. You've been playing mm -hmm. in your your team base the entire time. And look, okay, if there's one team that has a lot of veteran power, it's going to be Shanghai. Like everybody on this team's a veteran. Mm -hmm. Flet has been here since season one. I'm sure they'll be fine. But you never know. This time it's the Asian teams that are traveling, not the NA teams. Yeah, uh, that could always be a thing. 
it's something to keep track of for sure. I, I don't think it's a non-factor. Um, uh, anybody else? Any, anything else on on New York? As look, I'll, I'll say it. Look, I, I was massively impressed. I put out a public tweet. Uh, I think the development of this team has been huge. I mm. think um, the introduction of Kalios has improved things a lot. I'm not a hundred percent convinced by Zari in this meta. Let's be clear about that because Zari gets farmed by Farah and also by Sombra. And yep. like like you guys said, I think Lip had a kind of weird game. Fleta showed up. Uh, he achieved a deadlift on Lee Jung Tao. I actually have a stat of that. Not on hand, but it's on my Twitter. Um, and he he played most, like you said, Joe, the most incredible game of fire and just, just completely dominated. It's And they C9. They actually lost beat that map because of C9. So there's a world where if they don't C9, they actually win. And, and there's a different conversation. Yep. Um, but I can tell you they definitely wanted to win that. Now, we should probably touch on Philly a little bit here. Philly, Hangzhou. Let's, let's cover both those teams. Um, my God, Philly reverse swept Hangzhou. Uh, was it a reverse sweep? I don't know. Yeah. I thought it was a reverse no. sweep. No, no, no. 3 1. The Hangzhou really? Spark wins control, and then Philly wins the next three. Okay. Well, I don't know. In my mind, it was a reverse yeah, sweep. Right. Maybe I'm capping. Yeah, you're Maybe right. Maybe I'm capping. Okay. So. In any case, they they lose a the map and they come back big time. Are you uh, thinking no, of the Soul game? It was Soul that reversed. Yes. Like, okay, we'll cover them yeah. all. We'll cover them all because we <laughs> we're, we're, we're we're reaching the the end point in sh in short manner. So we were Soul, Philly, and Hangzhou left. I'll start. With, we'll start really quick with Hangzhou. Mm. I was very disappointed with that reverse sweep, with them losing the reverse sweep because when you're two zero and those first two maps, they looked really good versus Soul. Don't get me wrong. I've been the guy. Look, if Soul wins, I, I'll I'll always put it. That'll always put a smile on my face because I've been, mm. you know, I've been a secret Soul backer. I don't like to admit it. I've been a secret Soul backer for a while. Oh, um, if, they can, known. if they can, if they can get a sneaky win in there, like you know, I'll I'll, I'll chuckle in the corner. I, I won't tell anybody except for right now. This is the one time I'll tell you. But like, what the hell, Hangzhou Spark, um, dude. Can I be honest? Shy Sombra is not good enough. No, I, it's not. I was watching that game. I was like, it's dude, Shy Sombra, Shy, Shy Sombra is really fucking bad. He should not be on this hero. They need to put Soma Sue back on Sombra yeah. immediately. Put Shy back on Tracer. It's just not it. Also, Gushray playing ball the whole time. I get it. It's a ball meta. But this is like, this is the fearless of APAC. You're yeah. putting the fearless of APAC on a ball. It's just like, come on, yeah. please. We, we can do better than this. Yeah. I, I mean, even, even kind of branching from that, um, Another person to kind of catch a little bit of ire for me was MCD, especially in those first two maps. I felt like it was very much like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde in some areas where, you know, you, you'd expect a lot from MCD. You do get a lot. And then he kind of zoom yadas and just kind of like runs around and just burns his transfer for no reason. Um, it, it, it felt like Spark in general kind of were slow to this, this match in general. Um, this meta did kind of feel a little bit uncomfortable for them, specifically versus Soul. Then, as they get into Philly, I think Philly kind of threw them a, a bit for a loop, and you can kind of see them adapt to. Uh, I believe they ran a little bit of Rissa. Um, can I quickly check? But can I defend yeah. MCD really quickly? Sure, go for it. The reason why this guy's yeeting transcendences is because Soul play predominantly a Rissa bunker, and there mm. is no like counter. There's you're not countering EMP, you're not countering yep. a blade. There's nothing to counter, so you're just going to tempo transcendence. Yeah, agreed. So, so it might look like he's just yeeting them, but like this, you just there's nothing to use it on against anyway. Just throw it in there. I think you know? I'd have to go back and look. I would have, 
I would like maybe an engage with trance or maybe like an immediate follow-up with trance, but it felt like they were kind of reactionary to somebody getting like caught out or burst. You know how like Zens will try to like trans in to I try mean, and save somebody from getting DMX and shit that's like that. Kind of, that's kind of good in my books as well. Like you just use it as a rescue tool that instantly saves a player. That's just like, that's like a mass res, you know? Fuck it. Like, I mean... <laughs> Like mass res, or you just you might just. Like, yeah. I'm not talking about a five man res. I'm talking about mass res back in the day. Yeah, you might just tempo and get two two guys back. Here, you both your tank slow. Boom, pressure transcendence. That's 2021 mass res. That's the way I look yeah. at it. Anyway, agreed. No, I, I I think tempo specifically in that matchup is is very much uh, in Zen's wheelhouse. Um, I'd have to go back and look, but I I felt I felt very strongly about his his transes, but I could be very wrong. Very wrong. Outside of that, though, I agree. I think Shy Sombra is is very much lacking. I've don't have too much to really gripe about uh, outside of that. Yeah, I don't. Um, yeah. There's not Kinda much fine. for me to add on Stark except to say, like, yeah, okay, they still don't their coaching staff. Like, they got a new assistant coach. Um, I don't think they've truly figured out. I, I think the Philly game just said to me everything I needed to know about this team, which is they basically did not adapt and change anything from their sole loss, and they just lost again. So instead, we will talk about the teams that won, which is Seoul and Philly. Yeah. Where do we want to start? Do we want to go Philly first? I'll give them. I'll leave it up to you guys. What do you feel? I I maybe am a little bit more apologetic to the to the Zarya. Um, I think it has a little bit more legs. Because Shy Sombra was shit. Agreed. Yes. <laughs> I know. Um, I think there's a little bit. I think it has more legs looking at Philadelphia in particular um, in their matchup versus a team like Seoul. Um, where if you're running into a bunker, I'm of the opinion that your wrecking ball is a little bit threatened by these halts and giving them a Zarya bubble is going to give you a lot of value. Um, if that, it, well, if not that, you can still bubble your Sombra player to even get more value out of them playing for uh, farming, less about hacking, if that makes sense, right? Investing that kind of resource into them, almost like an old school, like GC Busan wave with Edison, kind of like pressuring pre-fight with Edison on the, the flank, giving him the bubble, allowing him to farm up really, really quickly. I think that's something that Philadelphia can do well, specifically into the bunker matchup. Um, but outside of that, I would like to see them rotate more onto a, uh, a diva into the mirror. I think that that's, I'd like to see that look. And I think that that would give me a fuller picture, but I like Philly's chances right. against soul. Yes. Did you talk to funny Astro about anything else in terms of the other matches? I assume this was a post-match after the Shanghai game, but I don't know if there was any insight, um, about, insight about anything else. Um, no, not really. Just like that he had been grinding uh, the brig for six months, basically in a hyperbolic time chamber while he wasn't okay. <laughs> able to really compete otherwise. And the the fun thing is that he told me like he actually um, wanted Lucia to be banned. He was pretty happy with it because he wanted to show off his brig and wanted to get rid of this one trick hero paradigm that he had. Mm, okay. um, so, um, otherwise, like the the he he just had to uh, compete for his spot, though he didn't really have an insight into how he got it. Um, so like 
you you could feasibly think like someone like Funny Astro, like if you're 9K, you're thinking, yeah, I got to get this kid in, even in, in this off meta, just so he's warm for playoffs or whatever. I don't think that was the case here. I think he was legitimately just a better break uh, player mm. as well. Um, otherwise, yeah, I don't I don't recall any particular topic that we discussed um, on the series themselves. I think they're just happy to be once again doing well. Um, so, yep. Is, is this, is this, do you think the early results are a bait? Because, okay, they beat Hangzhou, who are kind of shitting the bed, and they beat Shanghai, who uh, it easy. ran wacky stuff and yeah. kind of threw. So now they have Seoul. We'll talk about Seoul real quick. And they have New York. And you've been, I think we're all pretty big on New York right now. And if anything, history would also dictate New York have had a 100% win rate versus Philly this year. The last yeah. two times they've met, New York won. Yeah, is it going to be three out of three? It's it's feeling like it because New York yeah. beat Shanghai legitimate. Not, I don't want. I, I, that sounds mean. It sounds like it's, I'm saying Philadelphia beat Shanghai illegitimately, but let's be, should be clear that Shanghai tried yeah. much harder against New York than they did against Philadelphia. Yeah, and New York beat Shanghai, and New York on paper looked really damn strong. Do we all think that New York beat Philadelphia as well? Because it's looking that way. Yeah. I think it's close. I have this going five maps, but I do have it going New York's way. I think they've definitely stuck their neck out regarding the Winston, which I quite enjoyed. I am like o over the moon with their DPS. Um, yeah, I, I thought they had the game of their, their lives uh, against Shanghai. I don't know if they're going to be able to kind of replicate that, but if there was ever a time to, if there was ever like an excuse to, you know, harp on momentum and harp on beating Shanghai, like that's definitely got to do something to a team. Um, so yeah, I, I, I like New York's chances here. Um, Philly still feels a little too uh, reliant on the Zarya, which I do think is more stylistically um a, a pick that you can run not that you really should run so yeah i have this going your way can i also say that shockwave did finally debut this year did? uh first ever game played um and also beyond that as well he he actually was the guy that benched carpe so they kept EQO in and EQO ends up playing a genji and they go for nanoblades now i'm of the belief that genji is a hard bait in this meta and if you go genji it's just like yeah you're getting hooked up you know, hook, line, and sinker here. Yeah, this is not a dub, but yeah. obviously, when you're bullying a weak spark, you're, dude, you can play anything. You've probably beat them. Um, I don't know. I don't think if you run this Nano Blade versus New York, it's, it's going to be bad. I don't, I don't know. Did Shock? It's maybe not fair because Shock Shockwave only played one game, hmm. uh, one map. So I don't know that I've seen enough to make a judgment yet. But it is a shakeup. It does, you know, is offers something, gives EQ a chance to hop off the Sombra. Shockwave gets to play a bit of Sombra. I don't know if it's going to be enough. I don't know if what I got out of Shockwave is that kind of enlightenment of like, oh my god, finally, this is what we would, we've yeah. been waiting for. To me, it was just like, oh, okay, he played. And that was it. it. He kind of announced himself in the first five seconds of the match, though. Of his first match for the Philadelphia Fusion, if you recall. Just like banging. He, he got a pick within two seconds of uh, Anubis on uh, Widow. If you recall, uh, I don't recall entirely. Yeah, like he, he you. I'll just trust you. Know you. I'll you, just trust you. Yeah, you, you know you how oh, he you killed Shy. He yeah. killed Shy, yeah, yeah. Which was, I believe, his first match, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, so his first kill of the season on this new team is versus Shy. 
Yeah. yeah. So he <laughs> that that in itself is pretty impressive. But yes. I mean it's one kill. Yeah, it's one kill, but then again, like you also saw a little bit of the nerfs. I, I think he missed one bad EMP like up ramps on Anubis, where he wanted to hit mm. uh I think Gushra and just like missed that completely. Um but yeah, I mean I don't know if that's a transcendental change for them. Um but it's so hard to judge where, where this is going in terms of uh, the next couple of matches. Uh, it's, it's, is it weird to say that they now, in hindsight, probably have played their easier matches in week one? Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. New York Soul are going to be challenging. As weird as yeah, way, saying we, Shanghai we, is. But, I, yeah. I think Philly's already overperformed. Everyone walked into the stage. When I say everyone, I mean like the the personalities in the scene that I've talked to, everyone came into this believing, oh, Philly are done. Yeah. They're screwed. But they've overperformed by going 2-0 up, and now they've given themselves a real shot. At, um, I don't know if they can steal away a spot from Chengdu, because Chengdu is still yet to play, and they're very hard, far ahead in points. Well, okay, we'll say this. Chengdu have nine points, which are equal to Philly, but Chengdu's strength schedule is far easier. So we expect Chengdu to 4-0, which means Philly would have to really get some wins and i think philly need to go to hawaii they are a team that needs to go to the tournament because they need those extra points yeah so can they go big question because soul's in their way as well soul is another team big win that uh big game. could be uh, that's a very important game i mean uh we're not gonna have time to really do much preview so we might as well you know put put in some previews in now when the preview mm. i think of them here's your important matches philly soul in fact, both Philly Soul and New York Soul are mega important matches because New York are trying to get in as well. So you have three teams at two and zero, and I firmly believe that all three of these teams have like a shot at the yeah. knockouts. Yeah, maybe one will get unlucky and get. Out. I I still expect Hunters to four zero, which means one of these teams probably loses. Maybe Shanghai comes back with it at two and two. Mm. Um, but you know, two out of these three teams, let's say, will will definitely be in the the knockouts. And one of them has a good shot of maybe making it to Hawaii. Uh, and I think Seoul and Philadelphia are front runners. Well, I think Seoul and New York are front runners simply because New York, Philly, I, I still go New York's way. But do we believe more in Seoul? Do you guys believe in Seoul? Is this Seoul's time to maybe make a tournament? I. It's so hard to kind of give Seoul the nod because the more that I see them, the more I agree with a lot of what I believe Fisher has, has, you know, harped on them about where they seem to be prepared for one specific thing. They don't have much yeah. else. They do that one thing well enough to get them to the playoffs or the, 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 the knockouts for Hawaii, uh, and then kind of crumble. Um, and that feels like the Arisa strat. I don't expect that to do extremely well versus Philadelphia, just stylistically. Like I mentioned, I think you have a lot of resources to pump into that wrecking ball, a lot of resources to kind of offset, uh, to give your Sombra a lot of extra free farm time. Um, and I think that's going to be an issue for soul, uh, adaptation wise, if they even choose to adapt or try to adapt. So yeah, I have that going Philly, uh, close, but convincingly Philly. Because I'll be honest, souls first week. It's a 2-0, but when we actually investigated, one of the games is versus Valiant, and the other one, they had to reverse sweep Hangzhou, which, as we've discovered, is a pretty weak team at the moment. Mm. So it doesn't feel good. They were 0-2 down versus Hangzhou, and they needed yeah. to reverse sweep. And then they got, they got a freebie versus Valiant, which is okay. Just, get, you just collect your free win there. 
And now, as I had previously said, I am a firm believer that Shanghai come in full hardcore versus Seoul. Yep. And even then, if we if people if we want to go back to the Shanghai sandbag narrative, they can go back and sandbag versus Guangzhou. They might as well. They can literally come and beat Seoul and then lose the sh- charge just because they don't give a shit and end the in the Countdown Cup stage one and three. But they will come and beat Seoul. They will. They will. They will not lose. They will not want to lose to Seoul, and because they have such a great track record versus Seoul, and because Seoul in their first week kind of bullied bad teams and had to reverse with another bad team. I don't know. It, it feels like Shanghai will be too much of a mountain to climb, and then Philly. That's a more of a coin flip. But I think I think the more we've talked about Philly today, the more I'm on board with Philly. Yep, I I don't know if they make it to Hawaii, but they are definitely showcasing uh, a a strength and a foundation that I think can be built on top of for a uh, an interesting playoffs run. I'm I'm now that they have everybody together, now that that you know things are finally stable. Um, yeah, I, I'm willing to give Probably, them uh, a second chance. Let's say actually, I'll I'll get Yusuke's take on that real quick. Philly Soul. And then we'll go go into one more game, or two I th- more. Maybe we'll see I think time. Philly, and I think it's pretty obvious that for Philly, New York will be the harder match by a decent amount. I don't okay. know if it like the the situation. I don't think we've seen like this this playoff soul phenomenon end of season type of thing at all pop up so far. So no. I don't know why it would now. Also, they benched Marvel for gesture again, so they're still playing, you know, ping pong with their tanks. Yes, I don't know. I mean, um, it makes sense, but yeah, it's so not great. It it doesn't, it doesn't, because we're in a ball meter. And Marvel's their ball player, but gesture's their Winston player, and I guess also their Arista player. Um, okay, yes, because you're you're back in New York pretty hard. Do you back them enough to beat Chengdu? Because I think that's going to be the oh. next most important game afterwards. Because if they beat Chengdu, they prevent Chengdu from getting the four zero perfect stage. And beyond that as well, they would secure their own 4-0 perfect stage, assuming they also beat Philly, which would actually put them in first seed above Chengdu. Theoretically. Such, such an it almost feels like an unfair question because like not having seen Chengdu in uh, they don't have Jimmy. They're just, sorry, no Jim Mu. There's no Jim Mu this yeah, week. Yeah. Hmm? Maybe this is the best shot. Yeah. This is probably the best yeah, chance. Yeah. I think you you kind of based it. on that you kind of have to give it slightly to New York at the moment, but then again, like it, w- once you trust New York, that's just like, <laughs> haha, you trusted us, you know. And just by the way, if, uh, this is the other thing is like every I know everyone was up in arms about Florida. Look, Florida played phenomenal. He had a great game, but Leave has not had a single bad game this season. That's true. Yeah, and like everybody, everybody's like, oh man, Florida's so good right now. But Leave is sitting on that throne laughing. He's Flor- he's sitting on a pile of bodies right now. That's all I'm saying. The thing is, like, like players like Feather and Ivy beforehand were highly contested in the preseason, right? They mm. and they definitely have the potential. The thing is, I I look at their double hit scan comps with, with Flora and Guangbung, and I'm never disappointed, and I never want to see less of that. Yep. Like that is actually. Like, I'm not sure if it's underrated because they haven't played enough. But I don't know. I don't know if I would clear like they're probably profits level. 
if that if that stuff ever happens. I need a little bit more consistency, but with what they've shown, they can reach that peak, I'd say. I don't know if they can maintain it, but they certainly can get there. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, the I think, final thing... Oh, go on. Yeah, my big thing with Chengdu, um, I have it going New York's way very close. I think that the Jinmu loss for Chengdu is going to bite them, which is unfortunate because I think that once they get a hold of Jinmu, I think they're going to look phenomenal and might even be yeah. odds-on to maybe even win uh, the Countdown Cup just from an outset style perspective. Um, you look at the Farah, you look at you know what Jinmu wants to play. It's in there. I think a somber performance last month was, was actually really good and kind of like shirred up a lot of weakness for me. Um, so I think that, yeah, once they get a hold of them and they look, as long as they look okay, I think going into yeah. Countdown Cup, they should be good. Um, yeah, Leave hasn't had a bad game. You're right. Leave also hasn't had a, a secondary DPS to really step up that'll play other than Jinbo. So it, that's, that's the where... thing is, is it's a shame that Jinbo's not here because yes. you don't want I, I, everyone talks about Flora, but actually to me, um, I look at Kalios, well, yeah, Gongbo, but I look at Kalios oh, okay. kind of making up for the, the, the lack of Yakpung proficiency, mm. and Zari has been their go to for a lot of the compositions as well. Um, you want you want Jimmu because Farah Jimmu's Farah would farm Kalios, yeah. and his Sombra would also farm Kalios. Yep. But now the best they've got on the bench is going to have to be Jimmy or Jimmy. God forbid Taro Cookie. So, um, do you if, remember if there is any if there is any chance New York are going to beat Chengdu, this is their best chance, and you yep. will not be given this chance again. And even if New York beat Chengdu, Chengdu go three one. Yeah, I think Chengdu is still a, a likely target. Uh, that will go into Hawaii, assuming they want to play it. And actually, they'll they'll be there three times if they go to Hawaii again. Uh, but that's an aside thing. Jimmy will come back eventually. Yeah. But do this week, they have a rough game, and they will be tested. Do you mirror as Shang, uh, Chengdu then uh, on the Zarya comps? Have Late Young on that? Well, Late Young probably wants yeah. to. Late Young probably says, yo, I can diff Kalios. I, I bet he would say that. Late <laughs> uh, yeah. Young, Young is like, he's like, dude, no, I am the Zarya main. So, yeah, it's not it's not impossible. Um, I could see Jimmy coming in playing some McCree or something if they want to match double hit scan. Yeah, I, I can see that. I could definitely see that. Um, and then uh, one last thing, uh, we all agree that Guangzhou probably just don't achieve much. Yeah, yeah their season's over. Their season's over. And they get a they get a free win versus Val. Actually, uh, uh that's a week later. Actually, no, we'll save that for next week because Guangzhou <laughs> don't face Valley until later, and we get to see what they do. But, okay. Um, yeah, but Guang, to be honest, Guangzhou have, have two winnable games in their final week versus Valiant and Hangzhou. So who knows? We'll see. Uh, but that is going to do it for this week, fellas. Episode 186 wrapped up. We have some great games coming up. Uh, we didn't mm. get to preview everything. There's not a lot of great NA games to preview, to be fair. I think the main one that we all agreed on is definitely the Dallas versus Atlanta game is the big one. That is the big boy NA game. And all the other ones are kind of, eh, maybe Washington versus Toronto if you're really... You know, if you want to get some spice, like, oh, can Toronto prey on a weak Washington? But that's going to be about it. Maybe maybe London versus Toronto is all because if London beats Toronto, then the bread bowl's ruined. So go Toronto. Go Toronto. Make, make sure you win. Um, also, look forward to this weekend's matches. Yep. Watch the, the Florida, Florida matches. Oh, yeah. Watch Florida matches. Wink, wink. As, um, as we'll see you guys next week to discuss all of that. I'm sure we will be talking plenty about Florida and how they went as well as how everyone else went. And that will be saved for next episode next week on 187. 
Thank you. Good night. Have a great day.